The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The dream that came through a million years, that lived on through all the tears. It came here, the Fandom Nexus. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone. I have a podcast! Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. Yes, we're back. Yeah, we know it's been like three weeks. Things kind of don't always work the way we plan them to, uh, but we are back, and we've got a super packed show because of it having been three weeks. There's a lot of stuff I wanted to be able to talk about here. So, is is this like the first show we've had next to the? Uh, no, I guess we did have a show where it was just Flo Solo, but yeah, I think it's almost like we've had two shows since the uh, the big year in review show my goodness so this could end up being a long show because i have i have packed it but uh overall you know lost boy philip of course is, is here with me and he's sucking on a peppermint stick <laughs> hello there how you doing there kids uh so so yes he is here indeed uh and just to make things a bit more fun uh we're going to dive into some some interesting topics we're going to talk about some of the the well more masculine heroes that helped shape our our perspective, I guess, a lot uh, to help shape us who we are, uh, and I'll, I'll go into why I wanted to talk about this topic and go into some bibl- biblical masculinity uh, because it's really severely lacking. But yeah, well, we'll get into why, but we're going to do it in a very fun way and talk about a few '80s heroes. I don't know if Philip's gotten a chance to add anything to this list, but uh, I've got just a few that I think we'll get us started, and we might even go in a little further. Uh, but you know, heck, we've also got to mention that I was going to have. Uh, Tim Devine, some of y'all longtime listeners might remember him, but he lives in Philadelphia and we live in Kansas City, which means we could have had a little bit of fun talking about the upcoming Super Bowl between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. We're excited, ain't we? That's right, baby. I'm looking forward to the Chiefs. I pray and hope that they win. Oh, the yes. Philadelphia I- Eagles, if there's anyone out there who's a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I'm praying for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, We're praying I, your team I, loses. I, I'm glad. I'm glad for both teams. I'm very happy for both. And if your team was in the playoffs and didn't make it, hey, I'm sorry for you, you know. And it, but the, I'm proud of the teams, all of them, every one of the teams who played this season. I'm proud of you. Y'all done good. You have to be good to be in the NFL. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we we're all real good critics when we're sitting on the couch eating chips and all that. But in reality. They all are really good at what they do, and I'm very proud of them. Yep. That being said, I'm very proud of our team, uh, teams, if you're yeah. a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And I'm really happy. I can't wait to watch. But I do pray and hope, because I'm selfish, I want the Chiefs to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did want to ask team or any Eagles fans, and you can all send us an email, podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Uh, it seemed like the Eagles really didn't have any teams that, that really challenged them. They just kind of mopped the floor with everybody. And that that's one of the things I think – might give them a, a bit of a, tr- a struggle against the Chiefs. The Chiefs have struggled in games. They've had to come back. They've had to, they've had adversity and challenges. 
So, or it could be that the Eagles are just that good. Now, yeah, I have it no could idea. be that you're just that good. But you know, when you actually come up with a rival that actually challenges you and pushes you to your limits, that's where character and heart comes in. And I don't. I wonder mm. if this Eagles team is ready for that to have a team that that might potentially beat them, that might best them. Because it seems like they haven't really had anybody to challenge. And I made a meme uh, where I had uh, like uh, Zod and uh, Ursa with the Philadelphia Eagles saying, "Saying I win, I always win. Is there no one to even challenge me?" And then I have the little bit of Superman from. Superman 2, where he says, well, would you care to step outside in Arizona? And I've got him, instead of Superman symbol, he's got a Chiefs logo. Because I, that's the way I kind of feel like this might be going, is the Eagles have not really had anything that really pushed them to their limits, and I think the Chiefs could be the team that does it. So they're going to have to step up if they want to have a chance at winning this thing. But I'd say the Kansas City Chiefs gets... And I even... I uh, hope so. At my physical therapist's office, they have a little thing where you kind of put your initials, what you think the final, the, um, the last digit on the score would be. And I put it as a, a four and a one because I think it'll be 24-21. But the Chiefs will win it by a field goal. Well, whatever so. it ends up being, I do hope the Chiefs win. Mm-hmm. But even if they don't, I'm very proud of them yep. for going all the way. I it's really been a fun you know what? season. I, I'm not going to quote the line completely. But the line that keeps coming back to me is, and is that I hate the stinking Eagles, man. Quoting from <laughs> Big Lebowski. Um uh, but even in that movie when he says he's talking about the group and I love those those eagles. <laughs> anyway, that so, being said. The big difference. So we are super, super excited. And I yes. was hoping to have like a big Super Bowl uh, episode, but Tim couldn't make it. So that's okay. But uh, so uh, we're going to turn the corner and get into our usual uh, host chatter, which, you know, what have you been watching? Yes. And I wanted to bring up at least that I, 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 I saw two episodes of the new Night Court. Have you watched? Yeah. You've probably watched more than it than I have, haven't you? I've watched all four so far, and I don't love it, love it like the original. But you know, I didn't expect to either. Yeah, uh, I do like it though. I like it. Yeah, and, it's um, okay. Spe- the, the, the second episode was definitely better than the first. Yeah, and to be truthful, the only thing about it that's outstanding and always will be is Dan Fielding, Heck which is yeah. played by the great John um, um, Larroquette. Yeah, and he's he's really great and. Uh, this is not an insult to any of the other actors. At least I don't mean it to be, but you can tell the young ones, especially because they're used to a different type of comedy. Yeah. He is so good at, at that old school and new school. He, he fits into anything. And I'm not much into nowadays comedy and I'm no. not much into the nowadays sitcoms or whatever. It's they, they laugh at anything and everything and their style is just not, I don't know, yeah. but he's just so good at all the, the types he really is yeah he was the high point him. that and the um let's see i liked the the new bailiff she was fun yeah she's fun i like her i can't think of she her name right reminds now. me she's like a combination of uh all the bailiffs that we had that we enjoyed back <laughs> yeah. then she's like a combination of all of them she, yeah she looks a little bit like ross yeah. and i don't just mean because she's a, a, a black person yeah. and i don't mean just that but she also she's got the same build as ross she does, except she's short. So yeah. she kind of fits in with. They had a short blonde for a short time. <laughs> I didn't mean it that part way the short time, but who liked bull, and yet she's short a little bit like um, some of the old ladies, and she has some of the wit of some of them. And yet she's a little bit do- goofy at her in her own right. And she's just kind of fun. I like her. Mm-hmm. But they have some of the characters are a lot of fun. Yeah. And I enjoy them, and I like how the the judge is supposed to be Harry's daughter. Yeah, she she is like Harry, and yet a little bit. She, I tell you, she's a little bit like she's a little bit like Christine in the sense that she's trying to be super super nice and be nice for everybody, and that's kind of fun too. You got yeah. a little bit of mixture of both of that, and I like it. 
Yeah, I I have noticed like because Melissa Roush uh, or Roche, I think it's Roche. Uh, she I seems like Roche. she's only really had almost one emotion in the first two episodes that yeah. she was really going and conveying with, and she just seems like she's just super excited to be able to to be a part of the show without. And I don't think they've really developed her character yet from what I saw in the first two episodes. But I'm I want to check out some some more episodes. But I really I don't watch a lot of TV anymore. Uh, I mainly I'm playing games because I've got a heck of a backlog and Hogwarts Legacy, and that'll become important later. Hogwarts Legacy is coming out here the 10th uh, in je- by the end of the week on Friday, right in time for us to have a Valentine's banquet at church where I'm gonna, instead of playing the game, I'm going to have to do something with my wife. Oh, <laughs> well, darn. Well, she's fine. <laughs> so... Because that's going to, I know it's just going to consume all of my time. And so I've been pl- trying to play a lot of backlog real quick before that game comes out. So uh, another thing I realized I have, uh, how I've not been watching much TV lately, is I went to go in Disney Plus and thinking, yeah, oh, let's see. Yeah, we got we got a new season of The Bad Batch. And that'll be nice to check out. I realized I only watched about half of the first season of The Bad Batch, apparently. Yeah. I gotta catch up too because I did the exact same thing. Yeah, Half, I did, almost, almost exactly. And I don't know, did they did they like pause? But I was like, because I was trying to think, it's like, how did that that first season end? And I went and I looked, and I was like, wait a minute, it says the next episode I need to watch is still a first season. And I went and looked at the list, and I got like six episodes of Bad Batch to watch before I can even get yeah, to I the second the, season. Almost the exact same thing. Yeah, almost verbatim. It, it's just the exact same thing, and it wasn't because I wasn't interested, but my, with me, I get caught up in other things too. Yeah. And yeah. In fact. I was doing this. I I think I told you this, but I like to watch a lot of old shows. Shows I may have seen bits and pieces of, or episodes of here and there. I watched with my grandma, or whoever, mm-hmm. and then. But I never watched all of or whatever. I started right at the time when uh, Angela Lansbury passed away. I started watching Murder She Wrote. Well, Dad Gum, that show has twelve seasons <laughs> and I'm, I'm on season 11 and here's the thing that show was really really fun for the first five seasons but now on season 11 i'm like i wish you would end already but because <laughs> you, know, you could just stop and <laughs> no i can't because i i want i want to watch it all get it done but the, th- the thing that's become the a thing task about it, is, it is almost because the first five, the first four or five seasons were good, but Tom, um, um, Bo- what was his name? Tom Bosley. Bosley. Yes, he left after about three or four seasons, and they had another sheriff, and he was okay. But then she ended up moving and going to New York of all places, and mm. she would go back to Cavett Cove. I don't know. It's just it's not quite the same, and I think part of it had to do with the fact that not quite half the season she'd be out visiting people and all. But um, and I can understand that, but maybe they just got tired of making her have to visit so many people. And but you don't hear from her family anymore, so it's like most of the time she's either in New York or she's in Cavaco, <laughs> in New York or in Cavaco. But it just you're like, uh, and the writing started getting lame. And uh, it, I know it's for older people mostly, but sometimes it's it's like man, some of these mysteries. It's like watching a episode of, of Scooby Doo. <laughs> sometimes it's like. Uh, Oh, Scooby no, would be more Mr. fun. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's Mr. Smithers. Yeah, you, and later on, she'll say, you remember earlier on when I asked you what you were doing that night, and you said, well, I can't really tell you. I knew why you were saying that was because, and then the, the person at the end is sitting there saying, okay, I'll finally admit it. I did kill the person. You remember when I put that pencil down? Well, the reason was is because that pencil was the same one I stabbed her in the head with. And he'll tell the whole thing. You're like, oh, no, why is Mr. Smithers doing this? Why? You know Mr. Smithers wouldn't tell you everything. I mean, 
It's just a show, but still, you're yeah, like, come don't on, fess up the whole thing. Yeah, why are you confessing all of it? You yeah. don't need to tell us all. Although, this occasionally stuff, on right? Columbo, after Columbo's kind of got them red-handed, they'll say, "You know what? I, you know, I've seen some, some of the, some, you know, guys like you know, I was actually kind of waiting for some. I feel actually better now that this is out that I did but this." You Columbo know. was was wisely written, and yeah. the next show that I'm moving on to after this is Matlock. But I decided, no, Philip, you're not moving on to Matlock. You're going to wait until you're done. Then other because I know me, if I'd start on another one, then I'll not get back. To finish it, so <laughs> so you gotta go for it. I gotta finish it, baby. Gotta, gotta finish it. <laughs> All right, so now we move on to what have you been playing? And I got a long list because I was talking about having a backlog of games. Yeah. Uh, so last time we uh, we had a show, I was playing through Lego Star Wars. I finished the main mm-hmm. story. Uh, I have Good. not I have not gone through and just unlocked everything because there just isn't time. But I probably will come back and free play it and just unlock a whole lot more stuff. But that's what is that a lot you, different? Oh, it's it's quite is a bit a lot different. different? Uh, the other Legos, Star yeah, it's 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 got some similarities of you know, of how a Lego game is played, but it plays very different, and it's a whole heck of a lot of fun. And dude, you're gonna have to come over and play this, or we'll do the I'll remote try. thing. And and you, yeah, you got to play with me sometime. This this was just too much fun. Yeah, I just, it was Seth a hoot. Was, uh, pirate Seth was telling me that uh, I call it pirate. You know, pirate Seth was telling me that it was a lot of fun too. Oh yeah, it's a hoot. It was it's great fun. Uh, but then after I finished that. Uh, there was a game that I'd almost bought, but then I saw that it popped up on the PlayStation Plus uh, so I could play it for free. And I've been curious about it since I first saw some stuff on a... I watch a lot of YouTube channels on gaming and stuff. Um, and uh, there's this game called Erica, and it's it's filmed with, with a lot of, you know... But, you know, you know, back in the 90s or whatever, we had a lot of FMVs, full motion video games, and you, the video quality would be yes. terrible and stuff. And it's remind me a little bit of that, except for it's more like an interactive movie where I have some control over the char- main character, Erica, and what's happening. Uh, not the grain, the real grainy... Yeah, but this isn't grainy. I mean, this is you know, like good, high quality, because this, this is more recent. Uh, and yeah. there's multiple different endings, and you and, and it even tells you, uh, however you play through it, you won't discover all the secrets on a single playthrough. You're going to have to go in different ways and, and, and different ones. So, But I went and I said, okay, well, that's free, and I, I could play through it in a couple hours. It's, it's the length of a movie, but I have control over it and how it all resolves. And I got a pretty good ending out of it. Uh, but it's a good mystery. Had some fun with that. And then... Uh, I, I had to jump in, and we do have some news about this later. Uh, I had meant to have this news before it happened, but it's already happened, but we'll talk about that. But Hitman 3, I finally got a chance now to sit down and play that, and at some point I really need to play some of these side missions. But finish the story on that one, and I got to tell you, I, uh, I, t- if you are a fan of James Bond and you ever wanted a, a real yes. legit James Bond-style game that's based more off of the book where he's a an assassin, these Hitman games, these recent ones, felt more like that because it's it's infiltration, find your target, take him out, but you find it, like, see if you can cause it an accident so you can walk away clean like no one has any idea whether you did it. But yet by the end of the third one, it is, uh, as Chris Cornell said in one of my favorite James Bond themes, you know my name. Like, there's, there's, there, there's so many times you get to the final target and they're like, yeah, I was, I was expecting you and I know what you're here for. Just, just do it already. You know, they're yeah, like, I knew I wasn't yeah. going to be able to stop you. I, you know, cause, I mean, some characters have went, they knew that you were coming and they tried to boost security, but Agent 47 gets through. Yeah. You find a way. And so you get, and it's all these like bad people who are like kind of above the law, but they're not above getting taken out by the hitman. So I mean, I really right. had some fun with that. 
Uh, and then here recently, although I cannot give this the Neverland endorsement because holy cow, would this be a severely R-rated movie? Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Uh. Uh, which I am enjoying. It's 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 got some really good story in, in there, and I've enjoyed uh, you know building friendships with like side characters that is going to become apparently important later. Uh, but it's in a lot of ways, it's as if they made a, a movie or I mean a game based off the Blade Runner universe a little bit. That's what it feels like, except yeah. for everybody, of course, is uh, you've been putting cybernetic parts into yourself and uh, say you've got a bad kidney. Well, I can get a cybernetic one. and Or you want to have better eyes? I can get cybernetic ones. You get, you get all these implants and you, you get, as they call it, getting chrome. Uh, so you, you huh. kind of do enhancements to yourself and so you can enhance your body. You can go to what they call the Ripper Dock and they can put new things in there. So there's all these neat little things about, about the world. And this is based off of a tabletop role-playing game from way back that uh, really? I hadn't heard of before, but they made this game. And this, of course, got famous for having Keanu Reeves playing a character, Johnny Silverhand, who's kind of like your one of your your, your main story element is Johnny Silverhand being in your head uh, for a faulty relic chip. And it's, it's complicated. Hey, okay. I don't want to spoil but But having Keanu Johnny, Reeves in there Johnny, with his, Johnny. I'm going to be a tough guy <laughs> acting. And this is Keanu Reeves being a tough character. And this is the way he sounds talking as a tough character. So it's been... It's been kind of wild. That's Keanu for you, yep. man. That's Seth Keanu. And uh, I do like the, the way you play it. I mean, these are the same people who made the Witcher games and the Witcher 3 when I played through it. There's a lot of times you'd make a choice where you feel like you're trying to do it in the right way, but it's almost like uh, this, it's something could go bad. It's like, I'm doing this, which was good, but it's also kind of horrible. Uh, and one case in point example was uh, this one guy who um, he was a, a werewolf. But he would go and he'd, when he knew he was going to be in the time to change, he had what he called his hunting lodge. And he would go hide out there, far away from anybody. So when he turned, he would not hurt anybody. And his, uh, his, wife, cool. his wife wanted to have somebody murdered. Ooh. And she sent this person to the cabin with you know not knowing they were going to confront a werewolf. And you're, oh. being, you're being sent as a witcher to go and kill a werewolf that's killed a person. So, you, you, but you go in when you find out the whole story. There's like, no, wait, this is not the werewolf's fault. He's done everything to try to not kill anybody, and it was his wife who wanted to get bump somebody off. And so, one of your options is to just kind of let it go, or for her punishment, you trap her where he's about to change and let him take her kinda out. Has a, you know, it almost has to me. It almost almost has a incredible Hulk. Type mm. feeling about it. Where well, it's a werewolf. You you know they, in the traditional sense, like, you don't like have a, any control. You don't want to get angry. Yep. You don't want to take take him out. But you you confronted me. I didn't confront you. You you don't want me to do something to you. You stay out of my path. <laughs> yeah. You know I'm trying I'm trying not to hurt you. Stay yeah. away from me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a werewolf. I'm gonna when I know it's time for me to change. I'm gonna be out here. And if I go hunting, I'm gonna go hunt animals. And no biggie. And, you you know. know. It, when so. it's time to change, you got to rearrange oh, who boy. you are and what you're going to be. All right, Brady Bunch. But there's similar choices, though, in, in Cyberpunk 2077 that maybe felt like that. But my goal here, because you could be a full-on criminal if you want to, but I'm being a slightly different sort of Batman where Batman was the hero that Gotham deserved, but cool. not the one it needed right now. I'm the opposite. I am the, I am the hero Night City needs, but not what it deserves. Because yeah. occasionally I do something that kind of backfires, but most of the time, uh, like um, my biggest hit pieces that I want to go after is scavengers. Scavengers will kidnap people, 
put them in ice water, to, you know, and then they'll start ripping their um their basically their chrome their stuff out of them and leave them a destroyed bloody Ooh. wreck and kill them. That sounds a little bit like a you know what it almost reminds me of when you was talking about the ice sockets on. Reminds me a little bit of the Borg. Yeah, you you're kind of boring yourself except for you're completely in, in control of yourself. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, you're still you. I mean, it's basically you're you're making yourself bionic. If you know, the concept of cyberpunk is not a new thing, you know. It's kind of like steampunk. It's where everything's steam, except for cyberpunk, it's more you're making a cyborg of yourself to give yourself abilities. Because basically, as far as the uh, very awesome idea, but the Borg is almost like a zombie version. Yeah. If you will, which is really an awesome. They are. They're creepy as zombies. Like they totally are. Oh gosh, but because they even so look dead. Terrifying. They do. Oh yeah. Very terrifying. Yeah. I mean, yet they have to have flesh. Or talking about the board, they had to have flesh, or they'd be, you know, they they would truly die. Yeah. You know, they could can't live without it. Yeah. yeah they go ahead. Creepy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like, I've, I've had issues with scavengers, and I um, there's a very uh, slightly adult theme of people that I was trying to help. At one point, it did backfire, but I go for for the disgusting things that some people do in this game. I will gladly be the one that kills them. <laughs> yeah, and I've even got a like a katana, and I'm like, okay, I you all brought a gun to a katana fight, <laughs> and so I love getting in there and just hacking. And, and it's it's pretty graphic. You can hack their arms and everything. I mean, as you swing it, so. But I've actually had some fun with it. But uh, do, do not let your kids play this game. Holy cow. Oh. There are some, and I mean, and there is like a red light district you can wander into, and you, oh my goodness, there are some stuff. So, but uh, I've been having some fun with it, but it does not get a Neverland endorsement here here at the Fandom no. Nexus. So, uh, but anyways, uh, let's dive into some news because there's been actually quite a bit. So let's see which button it's that one. I think. Hey, I got the right button this week. <laughs> I get it wrong so many times. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. All right, so this uh, came from the New York Post, and actually on January 11th, and maybe some people already know this, and I don't normally cover anything Disney, but uh, the Walt Disney Company under Bob Iger... Uh, he's actually scrapping some of the price hikes that have been going on at the Disney theme parks that were put in place by his uh, predecessor, Bob Chapek. Uh, a letter came out from the Disney theme parks chairman, Josh DeMauro, De I think, to the employees announcing that the company is going to reinstate uh, free services that were introduced during Iger's first go-round as the CEO before Bob Chapek replaced him in 2020. So if you're a visitor to the Disney theme parks in Orlando and Anaheim, California, you're no longer going to be charged to download a photo of yourself on a ride. Uh, you still have to pay for the pictures if you want to print, but you can download it on your phone. Uh, and JPEG also, uh, well, JPEG has scrapped this free service back in 2021. Uh, and Daniel, the Disney World annual pass holders uh, were not able to download photos, snap during rides and meet and greets in Disney without paying for stuff. Um, Let's see. Iger is also scrapping some parking fees that he instituted for guests at Disney-run hotels, which I... There are some hotels that actually still do this. My wife has run into this in Texas when she was doing stuff for, with her students that they had to pay to park a vehicle. And that was one of the things, boy, that ticked a lot of people off. It's like, you mean I'm paying all this money, and uh, now if I stay in a resort, i got to pay to park my car here? Uh, so this happened in 2018. So that's something actually Iger had done, but he's, he's taken that away. 
then let's see. The price to enter Disney World, where the most expensive ticket, costing $159, was raised to $189 last month, will remain in place. Uh, Disney also raised the prices of its passes and its Genie Plus line-skipping add-on to Disneyland last year. So... There's there's like there's a few things that's been hey that's kind of helpful that's nice but he's keeping a lot of the stuff that was also really annoying like the genie plus thing and the the high ticket price uh, I think there might be some talk that he's gonna try to change some of that I don't know if anything has changed since this um, this news came out uh, but this you know that, I I would call that a step in the right direction. Uh, at least, but I'm still, you know, Disney's left me. Uh, so, <laughs> but you know, yeah. that's at least I, I I appreciate that he's trying to put some efforts to to regain uh, their good name. That uh, these, although there's some people that are just diehards that they don't care what they do, they're gonna just oh, it's wonderful. And I'm I'm sorry, I wasn't I was I well, love Disney, but I'm a vintage Disney fan more yeah. than I am modern Disney. Well, some people get so into some, to, and I'm not just talking Disney. On so many things, it becomes nearly a religion, and that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Oh, gotta. Okay, there we go. I was afraid I wasn't going to get this. Oh, that was it, man. Yeah. yeah. I'm going over here to, directly to IOI Interactive's website here. And this now actually happened already January 26th. So the the Hitman trilogy of or of these the newer kind of re- rebooted series, I guess you would call it, is sure. a nice contained story within three games. So what, one of the strengths of these games has been is additional content where you could purchase uh you know hard to hard to kill type subjects or whatever you know you'd have all these extra side assignments you could you could get so now that hitman 3 has been out for a little while now they want to keep it going as kind of an online they've uh, they've called hitman 3 will become hitman world of assassination which will be also include access to hitman 1 and 2 through our existing access pass system which i have all three of them anyway current hitman 3 owners will get a free upgrade to hitman world of assassination on all platforms now what this is uh and i'm sorry i'm going to spoil things just a little bit okay so, hit, oh, go ahead, uh, so Agent Forty Seven has worked for an organization called the ICA throughout this uh, trilogy, but at the end, there is no more ICA, and he's kind of gone into a retirement. Uh, he's got all his memories back, so he knows who he was before and all that kind of thing. And then he gets a call from uh, Diana Burnside, or is it Burnwood? I think it's Burnwood. Yeah, says like, uh, you know, we're uh, there's only one thing we're good at. And that's going after these people that are, seem to be above the law that think they're never going to be punished for their crimes. And that's what we do. So uh, basically, it's freelance mode where you get to go at a lot of locations you've already played in. And I've, only, I've, I've watched a little bit of this stuff. I haven't gotten to try this out yet. But you go into some of the areas that you've played in and you have a, maybe a different target than what you normally would have had in the main game that you're going to get. And they'll they'll come up with campaigns for each one for targets. Uh, and you have in your freelance area, you have a whole new office area and you had like a, I, when I was watching some people play this, you'd have like an entire wall of where you could see there's weapon storage, but there's no weapons there except there's one gun. And so you can take that one gun with you into your first mission and you will gain weapons as you complete missions. But if you fail, sure. you're going to lose whatever weapons or whatever gear you were carrying with you. So it keeps a realistic type of thing. So what the... What does ICA stand for exactly? I forgot. <laughs> but they will. <laughs> no, I that, kill that, bad guys or I kill a holes. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh, no. But, uh, but I, yeah, kill with service. I forgot what the ICA stood for. I didn't know if it was intelligence or. Uh, well, but see, what the ICA mainly did is, and they would take it as contracts. 
But basically, oh. and so so it'd be a contract where you know, like one one particular one that I really enjoyed taking this jerk out is this guy was kind of this pop star rock star guy, and he had murdered his fiance oh, and got away with it. So the contract was to take him out. So it's people who get away with stuff, somebody will put it out of the contract. So you're still kind of doing things by contract. So you're not fully working for the government, but you're taking out the bad guys because somebody puts in a contract, say, hey, this person is doing these horrible things and they cannot be convicted in the court of law. The only way to stop them is to take them down. And sometimes yeah. like one was one of the toughest ones in the first game was uh, these two. Uh, it, it was in a foreign country. Because these are supposed to be taking place out of Britain, I think, mostly. But it was uh, I had to take out this military general and his associates. They were going to start a coup in their country, and they were going to be killing a lot of people. So the idea was I go in there and put a stop to it. So you're still, you're still stopping the kind of plots that a James Bond would be stopping. But it's not a government giving, giving the call. It's somebody alerting you, and you're, making, you're getting paid. As it's a contract to go and take out this, these bad people. So it's really it's it's a different take on things. So it's really been kind of fun. But the ICA was this organization, and part of what was finding out that there was this other organization called Providence. That it turns out that they were the ones pulling strings behind a lot of things all over the world. And uh, it's basically you're you know it's you versus Providence through uh, most of these games, because it turns out a lot of these targets that you're being sent after are actually Providence people that are controlling the world behind the scenes. And so the world is truly free when I take Providence down. So it's it was a lot of fun, uh, and it's and it's but it's great because it's 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 like an espionage game without being sneaky like Solid Snake. I thought that I thought it maybe is, ICA was something like CIA. I just thought maybe nope, it was connected. No, that something. would be MI six. But oh, this is the ICA, go. which was located in Britain. But they were they were more of a you, we got a contract for this bad guy. Okay, uh, this is also from January 19th, so some of you might know this, but Disney canceling low-occupancy Galactic Star Cruiser voyages. Basically, the Galactic Star Cruiser was not making enough money because people couldn't afford to go, and uh, they they kind of got a temporary shutdown. Uh, I don't remember when they were supposed to be coming back, but they, everybody's kind of been like, ha, 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 laughing at them because, like, yeah, see, you made something we couldn't afford to do, and eventually you're going to run out of people who could afford that they've gone on their, on their vacation. The rest of us are going to be like, well, that sounds neat, a Star Wars vacation, but I can't afford you. So, yeah, so the low, so if you don't get enough occupancy in a, a, a quote-unquote voyage on the ship, they will cancel the trip and, and people get refunded or get a chance to reschedule. It's pretty much what's happening. Kind of like a local occupancy class in college. If like oh, during a summer class, they don't get enough students uh, registered for that class, that class will be canceled. Kind of like that. Yeah. So it's like, well, you messed up. And the, the other big thing, though, of course, help, happening around Walt Disney World, and I don't know if Disneyland has shut theirs down yet, but Splash Mountain is officially closed and has been yep. is, is being turned right now into a Princess and the Frog, even though I'd rather have a restaurant, but whatever. Uh, that was just significant. Uh, so another bit of significant stuff I got sent, actually, that's Disney-related is, this is just kind of fun. And I think the Tron Coaster, I mean, I think they've done some test riding on it now, so I think it's about done, but I got sent some photos from one of my professors uh, from college. His cousin's husband... Uh, as like a, some sort of a roofer or whatever, but they got to help work on the Tron ride with the construction. And so uh, his his cousin's husband sent him some pictures and he sent them on to me actually in my phone just the yeah, other day. I, like I can't wait for the Tron thing. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, that would be kind of neat. Another bit of Disney news is the 100-year cereals that I'm sure you all are out yes. and probably have tried it if you were interested in. And the one I, thing I find funny is you've got 100 years and yet the only old character you find on there is the obligatory Mickey. They all are... 
more recent characters, the ones that Disney doesn't feel they need to apologize for, maybe, or perhaps just they're, if they're aiming at kids, the kids are not going to know these old characters, which I don't understand why they wouldn't know some of these classic characters, because dadgummit, show your kids those classic movies. They're better than what they're putting out now. Thank you very much. The only one I bought, honestly, was the Mickey Mouse one. Cause I the Mickey Mouse Club one, I mean, yeah. The series, okay, I don't have a problem with that, but but really, I just bought it because I like the box. It's the old classic yep. Mickey Mouse Club, it really. Because uh, the other one, the uh, uh, Woke Disney box, as you were just t- talking about, mm-hmm. not that it's necessarily Woke Disney, but it's the newer stuff. I don't care yeah. about it. And yeah. most of these cereals nowadays are just the same thing. And I'm like, eh. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I, I bought it for the boxes, and I, I'm still yeah. kind of munching on the uh, the the. I believe it's the Musketeer cereals, the ones that kind of reminded me of Crunch Berries. Yeah. They're little Mickey heads that are a little berry shaped well, tasting. No, Those are pretty uh, good. I think that's the other one. Uh, I don't know. Oh, maybe it's, is that the one that's the, the cake what? ones then? Because I yeah, know I've, I've eaten the. the cause I dumped them out of the box and into Tupperware containers. Remember, you yeah. know, like I keep my multi meal type bag cereals. Yeah. In. So I'm eating it, and yeah, I don't know which one it is I'm eating. But the the, the, the fruit ones with the Mickey shaped heads are pretty good. Yeah, that's the other one that you were talking about. The hundred year one. Ones, okay. The cake ones um, are the Mickey Mouse. I actually opened up the box upside down so <laughs> that it would look like it's unopened, but it really oh, is, you know. I get and, you. Uh, yeah, you know, this, I'm uh, being slick. No, in truthfulness, I bought it for the box. It's yes. really the truth. Yep. Truth about it. I'm gonna put it with my Mickey stuff, you know, in my collection and all. Yeah. I'm a nerd. That's what I did. I bought it for the boxes. So like I got my Patrick Mahomes cereal and my Spider Man yeah. cereal. I've kept the boxes. Yep. But I ate the cereal I because I, you know, I'm not gonna waste food. I didn't even open my Patrick Mahomes box because that one I was like, Yeah, I'm not touching it. I'm, I wanted to eat one. it. I wanted to try it. <laughs> so I got enough I flakes. I'm flaky enough as it is. <laughs> yeah, and it was pretty much like a sweet cornflakes, but he had put some nutrition. He didn't want to make it sugary and everything. So yeah. I haven't gotten my Travis Kelsey flakes yet. I was saying that they did those. As far as I know, it's oh, probably the same too. cereal. It's just getting out of Travis Kelsey probably. on the cover. So. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, but you know what else came out? And I didn't think I was going to be interested in this, but uh, I saw a few things that I was like, oh, hey, neat. The Oscar nominations came out uh, January 24th. Oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah. So, see how behind we are? Yeah. But the what, what, what got my attention, Top Gun Maverick got uh, a Yay. Best Picture nod. I just picked that up while ago with that movie. Yes, indeed. Uh, let me see if I can find the daggum list. I thought this was my list. Here we go. All right. So, Best Picture, you know, All Quiet on the Western Front, which I didn't realize was was a foreign-made uh, remake. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, I, I was kind of surprised. I can't story, remember. I, mean. I haven't seen the original one either. I've heard this one's pretty pretty gruesome at times. They've made uh, two or three versions back in the day, and uh, I remember as a kid, I usually watched the second version that was, uh, I believe, made for TV, but it had a mm. uh, um, what's his name? The one who played John Boy. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, but yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, you know John Boy. Yeah. Um, he, uh, but such a good film. I remember they used to make me talk about it. In school, one of my teachers made me be the one to talk about it because the way it ends, I don't want to ever end it for anyone, but the way it ends is uh, a young man, basically one paying attention and he was drawing and everything. And so the teacher made me talk about it because she said, you see what happens, Philip, when you don't pay attention, when he's too busy drawing instead of paying attention in class, what could happen to you? And you see, Philip, that. It would, and she, so she made me get up and talk to the kids why it's so important to pay attention in school because I, I spent too much time drawing and not paying attention in class. Yeah. So she, she, that's because I wanted you specifically, Philip, 
to be the one to tell the kids why they need to start paying attention to class because this these things could happen in life and you need to be the one. And I'm like, oh, thanks a lot. Don't make <laughs> me feel any worse. Yeah. yeah. Oh but shoot. I anyway. just want to hit on a few highlights with like because best picture as I mentioned, all quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, Way yes. of Water. Well, of course, Elvis. Yeah, the, that yet. Elvis movie, uh, which yeah, uh, that's no, pretty awesome. Good. Uh, everything, everywhere, yeah. all at once, which I keep hearing I need to watch, but it, I, I'm uh, I'm a little hesitant because it does have an R rating, and I haven't seen anywhere streaming. I don't want to buy it Good to heavens, watch that's it. That's a long list. Uh, well, we're not going to hit everything. The Fablemans is actually a Steven Spielberg movie I'd kind of like to check out. Uh, but Top Gun Maverick, as I mentioned, and then um, you know the rest of them, I'm not. I have no idea. I've never heard of them. I can't even pronounce some of those names. Yeah, uh, and Best Direction, of course, everything, everywhere, all at once is in there in the Fablemans. So Steven Spielberg up for something again. Uh, Austin Butler, though, is up for Best Actor. Of course, he played Elvis in a Holy Cannoli. He was Elvis. Now, for him, I would say that, that I, I, I think he did do... I didn't care for the movie really at all, but I thought he did a great job as Elvis. He really did. Now, didn't uh, we do a positive for, review on that? It's it's changed for you. No, I just didn't like it. I, I thought I liked parts of it. I just didn't think it was a good movie. I thought that it was too... Fairy tale in the sense that they changed the film, uh, they changed Elvis's life, and uh, they, they changed a lot of things that happened, and they didn't put it in. It. I said I liked it okay, I didn't love it, ah. and uh, and because they changed too much, and and they also well, it's not like it's a documentary. <laughs> so. Well, the, the other thing is they changed a lot of facts around, mm. and I said that I liked it okay, but I didn't love it. And the problem I have with it is they're making it sound like it's such a great film. It's not a great film. They they uh, they made uh, so many things untrue and made it look like it really happened this way. And they even made it happen out of – I don't know. I just couldn't enjoy it. Plus, I hate – I don't say hate him, but I can't stand that director's movies. Uh, Baz they're Luhrmann. So, yeah, he's, oh, de- so he's definitely overboard. got a style. It, yeah, it kind of worked, though, the way he did it. I I, I enjoyed it. Uh, so It was too much. It's depressing it, but, at the but, end, though, but we knew the depressing ending was coming. <laughs> well, we knew that was coming. But, <laughs> yeah. it, but most of the stuff he put in there was so unfactual. They made Elvis look a, a weird way than, than what he really was. And so it's not factual almost at all. Uh, but But – the the positive thing about the movie was Austin Butler. Yeah. So I really hope that Austin Butler, if if nothing else gets it, I hope Austin Butler does. Yeah. Um, the only other thing about it that I like was there's only one other Elvis movie that's come out in which they made the, um, Colonel look bad. And that was the TV movie they did of Elvis. Where that was Kurt Russell. No, no, because it was too. Uh, he was still alive at the time. The Colonel okay. was the only other. Uh, you know, that was the first one they did yeah. after Elvis died. I mean, heck, he'd only been gone a year. But but the other uh, TV, it was a miniseries. And um, Randy, um, not Randy, excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, Quaid, uh, did, uh, yeah, Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid played the Colonel, and he mm-hmm. he made the Colonel look bad. So that was good because the colonel wasn't a good guy. Yeah, he. I mean, he he misused Elvis. That's a, that's a fact. He yeah. did, but at the same time, Elvis wouldn't have been where he was. So I guess there's some good things about the colonel, just not too much. So you know, but Austin Butler, I would love to see him yeah. get this. I really would. But anyways, I'm going to shoot that rabbit you've been chasing, uh, so we yeah. can keep going. <laughs> so the other now, a couple of just major names in here, Colin Farrell with this the Spanish Inisherin, which I guess is like an Irish comedy. I'd kind of like to see it yeah, just because um, it's you know Colin Farrell, and then uh, I can't think of the actor's name that was a Braveheart, and he played Mad Eye Moody. Um, oh, Gleason. Dom, I don't I can't remember if it's Dom Hall or if Dom Hall is is his son who's been in the newer Star Wars movies. 
Uh, but yeah. uh, I'm I'm kind of curious to check it out just because of them in it. And but also the big the big talk has been about Brandon Fraser in the whale. I would love for him to get that. Who Brandon Fraser? Brandon Fraser. Mm-hmm. Just because I love him so much, and I think I feel so bad for him because he's got he. People have talked down on him for quite a while now, and it would be great to see him come back and, and do this. You mm-hmm. know, And then Bill Nighy uh, in there, which, of course, we know him mainly, I think, from being uh, in Scrimjaw in the last Harry Potter movies. And also for, I believe, he was um, uh, Davy Jones, if I'm correctly, right? Yeah. In the yeah, Pirates I think Caribbean. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I got to say, Colin Farrell, he was my favorite part of that, of the Batman. He was my favorite oh, part. Oh, he was amazing in that. Because I, if you hadn't if you hadn't, hadn't told me that he was the one playing the penguin, mm-hmm. I would not have known. Yeah. Now that's an amazing actor. Now, granted, I gotta say, the makeup people they did amazing work. Award. They're nominated. Oh, We're yeah. gonna get to that. I got oh, I got a oh, lot of oh, stuff okay. to get through. <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> this is Go ahead. Long. And you know, I would at least want to say on Colin Farrell, like the first thing I saw him in was Daredevil, and it wasn't that impressive. But then I started seeing him in some other movies, like uh, even the one um, about Pamela Travers. That I yeah. said, man, Colin Farrell is just darn I've seen him good. On a few things before then, even yeah. and he was, yeah, I think there was something else too. But he is a great actor. Was, I'd love for him to win it was, just because he's what that was good. The one where him and uh, Kiefer Sutherland were remember it was way back when when there was a a guy who kept calling on that uh, phone booth. I think it was called phone booth. I didn't see that one, but oh, it's good. You ought to see it anyway. Go ahead. All right, uh, I, I'm just going to also want to call out that for Best Actress in Leading Role, Michelle Yeoh and, and Everything Everywhere All at Once, just because I like her, because, I mean, she's a former Bond girl. I don't and, think I've seen that. Yeah, I have. that's the one I was mentioning before. I've heard so much stuff about, but it's got an R slapped on it, so I don't want to buy it, because what if I find stuff sure, to a check and sure. I don't run it? Uh, but I'd like to see it, but I'm waiting for it to be on a streaming service that I can just sit and watch it. Um, cause I don't want to, I don't know if I'd want to own a copy, because I, I don't sure, tend to watch yeah. a lot of our movies. The, the older well, I'm getting, well, the more maybe, I'm like, I'm not into it. If we see it on one of our uh, channels that we have, maybe we'll yeah, wa- give I'm, it a I'm sure it'll stream it. eventually, so I'm going to check it sure. out. Uh, but I like Michelle Yeoh, and even at, I'm surprised she didn't get an Oscar nod for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon way back in the day. That kind of surprised Blanchett's me. Kate a great actress. Yeah. I saw that she's up for something. Yeah, for something called Tar, but I'm rolling by. I've uh, heard of that. I don't know what that is. Well, it's because we beat it out of you every night. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, he, uh, it, yeah. There it clicks. Look at there. Uh, Judd Hirsch has actually got a nomination here in a supporting role. Oh, Who's there it that? is. It's Brendan Gleeson is is the one I was thinking of and Banshees of Inisherin. But uh, yeah, look, Judd Hirsch and the Fablemans. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's great. But the big thing here, best him. actor in supporting role, Kihai Kwan in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Kihai Kwan. You know now, who that was, right? I, I know the name. Who is that? Short Round. Whoa! Yeah, he got nominated. He's back. Wow! So I love th- Kihai Kwan. That's why I kind of I want. I really would like to see the movie, but I just don't know that I want to buy it because what if I don't like it? So man, I got to see it now. I don't, yeah, oh, that's fine. That yeah. that's that's an exciting thing. It's like oh look, uh, and of course you know just for the the sake of. Uh, you know, Disney Marvel fans. Angela Bassett got herself a nomination oh, for a Black actress. Panther and Wakanda Forever. She's yeah, she is a great actress. She was great in that movie, too. I haven't she's seen that one. I'm, them, I'm waiting for I think it's going to be streaming on Disney Plus soon if it's not already. Yeah. I'll check it out then. Uh, so I was planning to watch it. Jamie Lee Curtis has got a nod in here. Look at there for the Everything oh, Everywhere yay. All at Once. That is a oh, mouthful of a, a title, actress. too. So, it sounds like there's a lot of good actors. She's, she's a good actress. There's stuff in her personal life that drive me nuts, but yeah, oh, never mind. We'll skip past that. Uh, there was even something I can't. Never mind. I'm not going to go. Oh, best costume design, <laughs> Elvis. 
uh, well, for that, costume yeah, design, yes. Stuff in there. And then, of course, Black Panther, because you know, you've got some really cool stuff in those anyway in the Black Panther movie. Anyway. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So. Babylon, uh, I see that's one of them. I, I imagine yeah. they had to have a lot of good outfits for that. Well, that's it's that sound. That's the one where it's I can't it's it's set in a certain time period and everything. Um, yeah, those period movies they had to yeah. have so many outfits. We we take that stuff for granted. And, I can't remember if it's supposed to be like the '30s or the '40s. I haven't watched it because like it's got it's got a lot yeah. of like a lot of critical buzz, but then an audience from what I've been seeing the audience will be like that wasn't good, and the critics were like, you "Oh, it's funny. wonderful." So I don't I, know. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about anyone else, but talking about myself. I've noticed that if I'm in a good mood, a movie is so much better than if I'm tired. If I'm tired and I go to see a movie, I notice uh, me personally, I can be pretty critical. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, ah, but when I when I'm sitting there and I'm feeling pretty good and the mood is just right, then man, I'm like, you know, that wasn't near as bad as I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> I just, that's me. <laughs> uh, here's there are a couple things for best sound that I'm kind of excited for. Mainly Top Gun Maverick nominated oh, for best yes. sound because uh, oh great. yeah yeah I mean Elvis of course I'm sure you're gonna get some for sound but the Batman oh, sure, uh, yeah. probably has some really neat stuff with as far as sound but Top Gun Maverick and I mean the sounds uh, I mean goodness sakes best original score there ain't nothing in there that I really recognize but the Fablemans about John Williams that was the Steven Spielberg movie that I'd like to check oh, out but they I were they that. were so vague on the story of the Fablemans what was going on I was just like well it's a Spielberg movie I might like it so I think I'll want to check yeah. it out sometime but of course well, he's going to work with John Williams most of his modern ones I've not been a huge fan of but I'm still a fan of most yeah. of them I'm this, just not a huge huge this one I almost feel like maybe it's a little bit autobiographic, or I'm probably saying that wrong, hmm. uh, because it's about uh, about mean. a young man who wants to become a filmmaker, and I'm like, I wonder if a little bit oh, of this was some of his. Oh, that yeah. If nothing else, it's definitely a nod to some of the stuff he was into. Yeah. Now, if you see a shark jumping around his pool, now then we know. <laughs> adapted <laughs> screenplay. That's interesting. Top Gun Maverick was an adapted screenplay? What's, I wonder what's that about. Huh. It's a story by Peter Craig and Justin Marks. Now I'm kind of curious. But they wrote a screenplay yeah. off of a story. Hmm. Who would have thought? Uh, let me, I'm going to slide down here to something sure. else. Animated short film. I didn't get to see any of these. Best animated film. I still need to see the Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is nominated for best animated. Oh, I need to watch that. A, I'm telling you, Jeremy, that's you're gonna know, love it. I know. I, need, I totally need to see it. Uh, Marcel, the shell with shoes on. I remember talking about the trailer and it looked adorable, and I would like to check it out. But I, it, I'd never even heard of it coming into theaters. But no, it, lo- it looked adorable. Uh, for those of you who are fans of it, Pat, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, which uh, I, that character spun off from Shrek, and I only watched one Shrek movie, so I you know, I haven't yeah. bothered with any Puss in Boots stuff. I've seen a little bit of Puss in Boots. I've yeah. seen a couple of them, but that one, I like. He, I liked him as far as side characters, because Antonio Banderas yeah. did a good job. because it's Antonio Banderas. He's always entertaining. Yeah, it's a, so. And he is being him. He, he's like, I may, you know, he's just great. So the Sea Beast, which is something I meant to watch on Netflix, and then Turning Red, the dumpster that. fire, managed to get in there. Yeah, I'm not. I, I, well, we know why that's yeah. in there. But I, Turning I Red was a dumpster fire. Let's move it on. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't see anything that I am familiar with in the songs or international feature. Either. I'm kind of what's on is the international feature film. I thought Everything Ever, Everywhere All at Once would have been in there because it was foreign made. But there you go. Was All it? Quiet on the Western Front, Germany. Who'd have thought? And then oh, about wow. American soldiers. Yeah, but they it takes place over there in Germany and such. Yeah, most of it. So that you know, I can understand it. Best makeup and hairstyling. This to me is going to be close between the Batman and Elvis, because I mean, you got to do a lot well, of stuff sure. to you know make make a, make a kid really look like Elvis. But the Batman, they got to get it just for as we were saying earlier, the oh, Penguin. Yeah. Wow, wow, yeah. oh wow! They're not going to get it for putting yeah. darkness around Robert Pattinson's eyes. But what they did to Colin Farrell—that so, was. 
that was beyond amazing, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't recognize him. Yeah. Now, but I, you got to give credit where credit's due. He is so good. Colin Farrell's so good mm-hmm. of an actor. He's such a great actor. I mean, he doesn't. He didn't just change his voice. He changed his voice. He changed his movements. Mm-hmm. He changed that guy's a character, not a character actor. Excuse me. Yes, that he, is a character what, actor. Okay, character because he's able he to changed, morph he, into a character. Not yeah, he's not he a typecast. Although character actors no. very seldom get to be the star, because normally they go for that typecast. They want somebody to play a type, but he's not playing he a became, type. He's playing a character. He changed completely into him. Yes, I mean, he did. Wow. You, like I said, you. I loved him. I was like, that he was is great. so cool. Yes, I loved it. A uh, best production design, couple of these. I mean, Elvis. I mean, that seems obvious that they have some production design sure. because Baz Luhrmann does it. Avatar: The Way of Water, but I'm like, isn't that all animated? So I don't know if that counts. Yeah. Best cinematography, Elvis getting in there. I, I'm going to go with that one because it's only oh, one of those. I've, I've seen. I mean, they they did an amazing job and they made it feel like you were in the other time, yeah. you know, the 60s. And, 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 and the except 60s, for when rap music is playing over a 50s thing, you're like, what? No, that's the that's the thing that I really <laughs> yeah. hated about the film. It, 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 if there's anything I hated about it was that I don't care for those films much was was that you would be in that time and then they'd start rapping and it took me out. <laughs> yeah. It took me out it, of the it, time. It's in like, the moment. what? Visual yeah, effects. It, wasn't wise. Visual effects is obviously Avatar The Way of Water, which, goodness, let's face it, it's an animated movie. The Batman. Yeah. Uh, Black Panther, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to Top Gun Raver because those oh, that, was a great that was practical effects. That was some real stuff. They actually, Tom Cruise and yeah. the actors actually got into those planes and were in yeah, the that, back, you know, pretending to fly them. That's awesome. So, yeah, and, and, and they had to, and not all of it was pretend because, yeah, let's they face were feeling it, those G's <laughs> and they were in it. I yes. Mean, and, and not just that, Tom flies for real. Yeah. He can, that guy go. Here's the thing, whether you like Tom Cruise or not, you can make fun of him all you want. You can say, oh, he's a Scientologist, or whatever you want to say. I don't care. But I'll say this. He's a great entertainer. Know that he And he doesn't half anything. He One reason why he is so good at what he does is he puts himself in it. Yeah. He goes all the way. And I respect that. I respect – rather, I don't agree with him on everything in his life, but I respect the fact that when he goes in, he goes in all the way. Yes, indeedy. With him, it's all or nothing. Is it all or nothing with you? <laughs> all righty. Now, this, uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping James Gunn behaved himself, but I want to play the audio for some announcements that he made. And I know Philip oh, is like yes. super excited. I'm, you kid me, brother. <laughs> but here he comes. Oh, it's not playing through here. Hang on a second. I Apparently, I didn't uh, set up a thing. Hopefully, yeah, I, you know, it's been picking up your audio, but it's not picking up everything. Wow. Let me go. Okay, here we go. Hey everybody, I'm James Gunn. I'm the co-CEO of DC Studios. So as many of you know, DC has been disconnected in film and television for a long time. And it's one of, you know, our jobs, mine and Peter's, is to come in and make sure the DCU is connected in film, television, gaming, and animation. That the characters are consistent, played by the same actors, and it works within one story. And if something is outside of that, like Matt Reeves' Batman or Todd Phillips' Joker or Teen Titans Go, that it is clearly labeled as DC Elseworlds, outside of the mainstream DCU continuity. Now, Peter and I have gotten pretty lucky in terms of the four projects that are coming out over the next year. First, we have Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Shazam! has always been off kind of in his own part of the DCU, so he connects very well. That moves directly into The Flash, a fantastic movie that I really love that reset 
resets the entire DC universe. And then to move into Blue Beetle, a fantastic film about a kid who's a marvelous part of the DCU, and then into Aquaman 2, which leads directly into our next few projects, which I'm gonna tell you about now. So, Peter and I, along with a group of very talented writers, have started to map out an eight to 10 year plan of what DC Studios will be in film, television, and gaming. This first chapter is called Gods and Monsters. Now this, what I'm about to tell you, is a part of the first chapter. It's not the entire first chapter. The first project is Creature Commandos. Creature Commandos is an animated series. I've written all the episodes. Something we're gonna do that's a little bit different at DC is we're gonna have characters move into animation, out of animation, usually having the same actor play their voice as who plays them in live action. The next project up is Waller. This is a story of Amanda Waller played by Viola Davis. Viola Davis is gonna team up with members of Team Peacemaker, and this is a story that's been created by Crystal Henry, who did Watchmen, and Jeremy Carver, who created the Doom Patrol. It is a fantastic story that's out of this world, and I can't wait for people to see it. Okay, next up is the big one, the true beginning of the DCU. This is called Superman Legacy. This is being written by me. I'm in the middle of it. I'm having a great time doing it. And Superman will be released into theaters July 11th, 2025. Okay, the next thing is a big premiere HBO television series called Lanterns. This is a story of a couple of Green Lanterns, John Stewart and Hal Jordan, and we have a few other lanterns peppered in there, but this is really a terrestrial-based TV show, which is almost like True Detective with a couple of Green Lanterns who are space cops watching over precinct Earth. In it, they discover a terrifying mystery that ties into our larger story of the DCU. Next is a big movie called The Authority. The Authority is a passion project of mine. It's based on the marvelous Wildstorm characters. We are now bringing into the DCU and will interact with all of our primary DCU characters. The Authority are a group of superheroes who think the world is broken and they wanna fix it by any means necessary. I think it's a very different look at superheroes we're doing a television series called Paradise Lost. Paradise Lost is a story of Paradise Island, usually known as Themyscira, which is the birthplace of Wonder Woman. It's almost like Game of Thrones with Westeros, but with all of the inhabitants of Paradise Island. The introduction of the DCU's Batman is The Brave and the Bold. The Brave and the Bold is the story of Batman and his actual son, Damian Wayne. This is based on Grant Morrison's great comic book run. Damian Wayne is my favorite Robin. He's a little assassin who Batman tries to get in line, and so this is the story of the two of them and the beginning of sort of the Bat family in the DCU. Next up is a TV series called Booster Gold. Booster Gold is one of comics' really popular cult heroes. He is a fascinating guy. He's a loser from the future who uses mm -hmm. future technology to come back to present day and become a superhero so that people will love him. It is basically the superhero story of imposter syndrome on an HBO Max series. One of my favorite comic book series from last year was Tom King's run on Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. And so we're gonna turn that into a big science fiction epic film. Now, Superman is a guy who was sent to Earth and raised by loving parents, where Supergirl in this story, she is a character who was raised on a chunk of Krypton. She watched everybody around her perish in some terrible way. So she's a much more jaded character. 
And that brings me to Swamp Thing, the last thing we're gonna talk about, a very dark horror story in the origins of the monster who is Swamp Thing. And although it's totally outside of the rest of the DCU, it will still feed into the rest of the stories. Anyway, those are the stories that I can tell you about right now. I've loved the DC characters since I was a child. They're incredibly important to me. I knew that this was a once in a lifetime opportunity to do something very different. One of the things that's very important for me in all of these movies and TV series is that the director's vision and the vision of the writers and all of the creators is unique and something special. Storytelling is always king. That's all that matters to us. And I wanna be true to those stories. I wanna be true to you guys and really give you something different than you've ever seen before. Anyway, thank you, everybody. I appreciate you watching. I hope this was exciting for you because it's really exciting for me. And I can't wait to start to dive into these stories with you guys on this grand adventure. Thank you so much. Yep, and we'll we'll see. We'll see. I'm just yeah, I'm gonna right. I'm just gonna buckle up and see what they do because I you know, a lantern series sounds cool. I must and, say and I'm excited, super excited. You know me. Yeah, I'm. I love Marvel. Marvel yeah. is, is a. You know me. I'm talking about with me personally is a, and DC's a plus. Now why? Because first of all, DC was first, and so there would not have been a Marvel without DC in the sense that that the it set the comic book stuff uh, going crazy. You say you may say, well, what you don't know? Yeah, I do because. That's what set the whole superhero stuff going crazy. And it's at that time yeah. that Superman. Marvel started, right? Yeah. Superman exactly. launched everybody Superman. where it was like, we need to have Superman our own kind of Superman. Batman. And at that same time, Marvel did start right after, mm -hmm. but they just had a different name. Yeah. But then um, Jack Kirby was, was involved, you know, oh, he was yes. doing the Cap Captain America, all that. But then years later, this is why I love Marvel too. Later on, Marvel started bringing out different type stuff with Stan, because of Stan Lee and Jack yeah. Kirby and all that. But that made DC try a little harder. See, that's why they're both so great. Yeah. But so it's time that they start allowing DC to do better. And I love now that they're going to bring, bring it all together. I'm talking about the cartoons. And they didn't go so deep into the game stuff. But he kept saying gaming and gaming and gaming. Yeah. So I would love I, we'll I'm gonna see. love this. Gonna, it's, it's so confusing, uh, at least it has been the last 10, 15 years. Where you have, I say confusing, I've watched most of it, but it is annoying where they say, well, the, the TV flash is so much better than the movie flash, and that's been true. Mm -hmm. But but it's like, there there shouldn't be 15 flashes at the same time. <laughs> and it, you know what I mean? And of course, yeah. I'm exaggerating, but not by much. You, know, you have the cartoon flashes, and you have the TV flashes, and the movie flash. At this point, combine them, you know, as long as it's a good flash or whatever. Yeah. You know, combine them and and then have uh, the movie super. And plus, I, I saw another thing where he was talking and he said Superman should be about hope and joy and and uh, he should be a guiding light. And I'm like, that's exactly right. That's been the problem. And as much as I love Henry Cavill or however you want to yeah. say it, I think it is Cavill. He, he was a good he, actor yeah. for Superman, but they gave him terrible oh, scripts great. to work with. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. He was perfect for Superman. I said that long before he, he was ever Superman. But the first time I saw him act. Uh, I said that he was he'd be perfect for Superman. He was like 14 years old. Yeah, Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, Count of Monte Cristo. That was exactly right. But the, he had a horrible script, and it wasn't yeah. his fault. wasn't his fault at all. Yeah, He's still a great actor. And I wouldn't you mind know? if they just if they would have kept him. But I guess they fired him. But you know, you can bring him back. He'd be a good you know Superman why? given the right script. You know why they did though is because of his age. He's about he's just a little bit younger than me. Mm -hmm. So by the time, yeah. could you hear what he just said? Eight to ten years. 
Yeah, Superman would be nearly 55 or so by the time it's done. So I can kind of understand that. It's not because anything gets him. Plus, which, here's the other thing that would make it a mistake. Having to start over with the same Superman and all that stuff, I mean, you can get away with it maybe with the Flash because they still haven't said they're going to use him specifically. They're kind of waiting on <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, I, I think they're going <laughs> to put yeah, that the movie ins- out and then the, get rid of the guy. They really just should. Yeah, they, that it's also been a mess. It, it depends on whether he can really get fixed. He's trying to get talking about the actor who plays yeah. Flash. He's um, right now in hospitals trying to get stuff taken care of because he's got a lot of problems. And, Boy, and I do hope I'm really hoping he can get help because yeah. I don't want bad on anybody. But at the same time, you know, that's up to the him. Yeah. What can you say? You know. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm just going to sit back and, you know, because they're bringing a lot of characters that I am not familiar with. Uh, I love uh, Booster Gold. Yeah, and, Booster and Gold sounds got, like fun to me. <laughs> you could have a lot that, of fun with that. Uh, now that they're bringing out Blue Beetle, Blue, yes! Blue Beetle and Booster Gold go together. Oh, okay. I, I got toys about them recently. I love them because I've liked the like the. I don't know if it's a reimagining, but that as Blue Beetle has been presented in at and Batman Brave and the Bold that animated series is where I really got familiar yeah. with Blue Beetle, and it was like this kid. Uh, what is the name? Jaime. Uh, yeah, that was that's the third uh, edition, the third version. A blue beetle, but I like this. And, like this kid suddenly gets all this tech suit, and he's and he's learning yeah. as he goes how to work with this alien tech suit. And I was like, this yeah, is fun. But, now the second one is my favorite version, but I can understand why they have to do the new version. You know, because first of all, because Jaime is more yeah. the uh, he's more not just because he's Latino and all that stuff, but I more or less mean because he's also got that high tech stuff, which is kind of a combination of a uh, somewhat of the second version too, but. It's great to have Blue Beetle with Booster Gold. Booster Gold, I tell you what, in the uh, I would love if he if it's a shame he's so much older now than he was, but Owen Wilson would have been back <laughs> in the He would have been perfect. Yes, really that would have been, been fun. You know what I mean? Can you hear it almost? Oh my hey, goodness, man! I'm like he would have been perfect because <laughs> he's got that Booster Gold and Owen Wilson are the same guy. Yeah. I'm telling you. Oh, that have been so great. It would have been so great because. I don't know if you saw that movie he put on Netflix where he's kind of like a superhero, but that, I'm telling you, that's the Booster oh, Gold. I, me- I meant to watch that one. I remember seeing yeah, stuff about it's, it. it's really good. Is, is that the one where he, like his kids wander into his lair where all his gear is or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I meant to watch like, it, but it, haven't been watching much TV. He almost has that Booster Gold attitude. <laughs> I'm like, I'm telling you, he's Booster Gold, man. Oh, that'd be great. But Booster Gold, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, because that, that could be a lot of fun. That's one thing I love about him so far is he's throwing you people that you don't really expect because yeah. you almost expected right away to get the same. This is not an insult to those characters I love, but you almost expect right away to get the same old Batman that you're used to getting, the mm-hmm. Superman, Green Lantern, Aquaman, the same. And you are getting some of those, but they're giving you a little bit of different viewpoint of Batman because mm-hmm. we're not used to having the Batman family. Yeah. Who knows? We may get Nightwing with that. We may get. I I kind of hope that we get like a because they want a slightly older Batman who's got a son. Can we get Michael Keaton back? Well, Could, they. Mm-hmm, have, I already read something that they're not saying Michael Keaton's back. Uh, gone. They didn't say he's yeah, gone yet because he's they supposed to be in the we, Flash movie. So. Yeah, he's in that. And they yeah. said that we're not, They said that things will be different, but Michael Keaton still isn't gone yet. They mm-hmm, said that he mm-hmm. may still be around. So I'm hoping. That yeah. we're still going to get a good look at Michael Keaton because I love him. Yeah, because you know what? What all has he done in between? You know, when with if we just picked up from Batman Returns and abandoned the other two movies, you know, what has he done? He's you know maybe he's had a Robin that became a Nightwing and then another Robin that was supposed to become that became the Red well, Hood. You know, and then of course I'm not a fan of Damian Wayne. Uh, 
but like, but I guess he makes a good balance to Batman, where he's you know trying to teach this kid to not be a killer. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be get great though to have had? Think of all we've missed. There yeah. may have been a Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, that he fought, mm-hmm. and all the people you could put in there, and oh, how much fun that would be! Oh yeah. Oh, man, so that would be an awesome there, There's scene. a lot of potential here, but it's also kind of like, all right, seeing what Marvel did and what Disney's doing with Star Wars, and like, okay, we need to do that, which they should have been doing. But they've got a lot, because, I mean, for years they've been making stuff that's been unrelated. Like, they've got so many, and they actually got some really good animated features that they've done. Yeah. Uh, and all the different movies, I mean, that it's like, they got to, like, toss everything and say, okay, here we go. We're going to start over again and try and to keep it, it all it, content and in a good continuity. I love that, too, that he's... What his is kind of interesting. You see, here's the whole thing you and I've said this before. Just because something happens as bad doesn't mean it's bad for real. Because the whole thing that happened with Marvel, where he felt kind of hurt, and he went away for a short moment, talking about this uh, guy here, uh, Gunn or whatever. James Gunn. He went away. Uh, James Gunn. He went away for just a moment, and he went to DC, and he made that squadron or whatever. Suicide it is. Squad. Suicide yeah. Squad. And I didn't care for those all that much, but the, his one wasn't so bad. But he uh, he he did that, and he and from doing that, and he got involved with them. Um, he said it was really weird in the sense that all their films don't mesh well. They're like th- this one's bouncing off this wall, that one's bouncing off that wall. And when I was reading all that. I was like, yes, that's the problem. Is yeah. it's not that they're all bad films. It's that there's, it's it's like going to a, a salad bar, and and what's this here? What's that? There? It's just it's too all over the place, and there needs to be somewhat of a balance and. That's why I'm glad that he's kind of thinking that through. And I also like that he's co, he's like the co-director there. He's got another guy there. I like that you have more than one guy and they're kind of balancing it together. That's a good thing because you get to have more than one brain working together. And that's a good balance. I like that. You know, if we ain't careful, it's going to be a three hour show. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I'll shut (laughs) up. Like that was just a news story, but yeah, you know Um, me. Now, I'm hoping you've done your homework a little bit here with the WWE 2023, and you can tell us some stuff about oh, this coming out. Oh, you bet. Because that you was bet. just announced, uh, what, not not this past week, but the week before, right? Yeah, and you know I'm excited about that. I already ordered mine. Yeah, of course and, you have. Uh, I, I can't wait. There's The things that t- I've been watching, every day I watch the new stuff. It right. comes in from uh, Smack Talks is a good guy to watch because he keeps up with it, and a few other people. They've announced so far a lot of the people that, you can, that you'll get with it, and... Uh, the the um, show, what's it called? The show, um, oh, I can't think of the word right now. Where you get to uh, have a story, uh, a story which is a, a show. I can't think of the name. Show something. Anyway, you um, you get to have a story. This time you're going through the the uh, career of John Cena. Mm-hmm. Showcase, and, uh, isn't it? Show. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, showcase. I couldn't think of the word for it. Boy, listen to me. But uh, you go through John Cena's career. But usually in the showcase, you're as that character. In this case, you're going against that character. Because so many people want to defeat John Cena, you know. I don't know anyone in particular, <laughs> Jeremy Shields. They, uh, but you get to... You're not you supposed to, to use go, my last name. Nobody knows my oh, last name. I'm Dude. so sorry. What's the matter with me? Uh, his phone now I'm going to have stalkers. Uh, uh, no, he's going to be taking. Uh, he's going. You're going to be able to fight John Cena. I know it showed that you get to be Batista taking on. Back to James Gunn here because mm-hmm. you got Batista, right? right? So Batista, you get to be. Oh, um, RVD. 
is mm-hmm. one of them that you get to be, and uh, he's in this because now some people say, oh, they can't do John Cena completely because you don't get to have CM Punk and others. Well, sure, you don't get to have everybody, but you know, for a twenty-something year career, of course you can't have mm-hmm. every match. Yeah. But that's okay. You know, I mean, it's okay. You don't get to have every match. You can but get the big one with the Rock. Yeah, exactly. You get that one. You'll get a few others, and um, it looks really good so far. The the um, now they they said there's some changes to the matches of how you do the pins and stuff like that, but for the most part, it's the same. And as far as that goes, but they, according to them, creative is going to be better. But uh, yeah, it could be them trying to sell the game. Who knows? Yeah. But at the same time, uh, they say that our creation is going to look more like the people in the game. But again, that could be cre- them selling. Who knows? Yeah. But they're still going to charge you at- up the yin yang for just to try to get more wrestlers. You know how that goes. They they are scamming you, folks. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it because you already been scammed and paid out all your money. You probably did the hundred ten dollar ultimate version, didn't you? You know that. (laughs) But here's the thing: I get my money's worth in this. I'm doing it, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, you do because you really don't play a lot of games. So, but this is your thing. So, this is my thing. I play other games, but not like I do this. Right. I create, create, create. I put, I put TVs and shows on the other TV, and I play on this, and this is my bread and butter when it comes to games. Yep. Because I I look forward to it every year. Yeah. And they've got they they're doing stuff that I've never seen them do before for it, and uh, it, it looks like a lot of fun. And I'm I'm and plus one of the guys who I've missed for years who left who helped who's always helped to make the moves smoother and better. His name is Brian Williams, and he is back. Hmm. And uh, he, he he left. He left the other uh, TH, what was it called? THQ. Yeah, he left THQ to come back and work nice. uh, with this company. And I am super excited uh, to see him back. So anyway, needless to say, I'm more than excited. Yeah. And I know I'll get my copy eventually, but I'm going to I'm gonna wait till I can get it on sale or something, I think. Because well, I don't really watch wrestling no more. But my fun is just making making characters or downloading well, what pe- other people make and then making my own to, shows with only those characters. My I'm fantasy league. To, <laughs> I'm not trying to pimp it, but if th- there's ever been a good time to start watching again, it'd be now. And yeah, with Triple H running, I've been hearing nice things. Triple H, Triple H is uh, doing the creative, and he, I'm telling you folks, he is good. His, he makes it exciting again. Yeah. He really does. So this would be a good time to start watching if you want to <laughs> if watch. I, if I find uh, time to actually sit and watch TV. Because I guess I should watch the Royal Rumble and then pick up Raw and SmackDown. Because yeah. that's all on and, Paramount Plus, isn't it? That's right. And you can do it through me because you know that yeah. I've already got you on there. So. Yeah. So I could sit down and start watching. Not Paramount Plus. And then Peacock. Peacock. Yeah. Peacock, yeah. Peacock and I pay it. for it. And, yeah. and, uh, and as you know, that you're on mine. So yeah. you don't have to worry about it. All that I mean, I've been watching like a lot of – when I do watch it, I watch the old shows. And I, I've been enjoying oh, yeah. the old stuff, it's man. Fun. Oh, yeah. It's fun. Got to love it. Anyway. All righty. Anyway. Well, it's time we go visit the trailer park because I got a ton at the trailer park. Yay. Mama, another gator got in the house. Another gator? Give me that sugar. The Neverland Trailer Park. Now this isn't gonna be in theaters, but I had to I wanted to share it. Batman, the Doom that Came to Gotham. It is a Ooh. sequel to Gotham by Gaslight. Oh, I got that. Doom. The great doom is coming. The sins of the father are heaped upon the son. Oh, 
You have no clue the power this book possesses. I know those who seek it mean to do this city harm. Before it can be truly saved, Gotham must be burned to the ground. Talking dead folks, reptile plagues, it's not natural. It's a cult that has long ties to Gotham. Spirit will come to us now. I can't pretend to know exactly what I'm about to face, but I do know that I must stop it. We mean to give this city purpose and honor the damnation which bore it. Mercy. What did this? Master Bruce, what's happening to you? What needs to happen? Bruce Wayne must die. And through death, become this city's savior. Hello, Bruce. It can't be. Hmm. So come on to 4K and Blu-ray. Uh, let's see. Can I find a date? Yeah, inspired by the comic book series by Mike Magnolia, which, you know, Hellboy, uh, Richard Pace, and Troy Nixie. Batman, The Doom That Came to Gotham is a 1920s-based tale that finds explorer Bruce Wayne accidentally unleashing an ancient evil, expediting his return to Gotham City after a two-decade hiatus. The logic science-driven Batman go. must battle Lovecraftian supernatural forces threatening the sheer existence of Gotham. Along the way, being aided and confronted by reimagined versions of his well-known allies and enemies, including Green Arrow, Rachel Ghoul, Mr. Freeze, Killer Croc, Two-Face, James Gordon, and Bruce's beloved wards. Prepare for a mystical, often terrifying Batman adventure unlike any other. Which I know I watched the Gotham by Gaslight. I that's, just don't remember. It was it was Jack the a, Ripper was the villain in that one. And, yeah, that's right. That's just ironic because yeah. Gotham by Gaslight was you were talking about Elseworlds earlier. I had, <laughs> I remember people complaining when they first heard that sounds so dumb. I said I said listen uh, to them. I said Elseworlds are perfect in in um, because the first time I'd ever even heard of Elseworlds, this is what I'm saying to you. First time I heard of Elseworlds, I was 13. My brother-in-law showed me Gotham by Gaslight or Gaslight Gotham, whatever it's called. Gotham by and Gaslight. That was, uh, yeah, yeah, and that was the uh, first Elseworld I've never heard of. And he showed me the the uh, graphic novel they called them. Yeah. And the uh, and that was that. And it showed uh, Joker. And I remember that very very well. And uh, Anyway, that was when I was—I was just, you know, thirteen-year-old kid at the time. Um, so I, I'm very, very much in, uh, impressed that they—they made that into a, uh, oh, uh, a film. Yeah. Uh, and so. And I'm now very a second glad. one, even. Yeah. And it, it so, just—the style of it somehow just fits with Batman. It has that gothic feel. It does. So whenever they said that they're going to make these other films, going back to what we were saying earlier, when they said they're going to call these other films that are not connected to the new universe Elseworlds, I said, that's perfect. Anyway, yeah, yeah. to this, I'm glad they're making a, a sequel to it. That's great. Yep. It looks pretty cool. Good I, animation, too. Yeah. And we got to keep going to something else. Uh, now, okay, these are not movie trailers. This is a game trailer, but I'm excited. Oh, Take this. Find them. Let's get a 
what magic caused this? <laughs> Your legacy begins now. Hogwarts Legacy. Live the unwritten. February 10th, brother. I've got my deluxe copy ordered. Cool, man. I cannot That's wait. Cool. I cannot wait. Oh, I was but, told that I'd try that. They look oh, so cute. Did you hear them say Professor Weasley? Oh, yes. I didn't catch on. Professor Weasley. Now, this is like in the 1800s, and I've seen a herbology professor with red hair. I'm like, that's got to be Professor Weasley. So, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm excited. But, oh, you know what? I found uh, some other video a few weeks ago. Simon Pegg has a little interview about playing a, uh, a black. Headmaster what? Black. You might remember. Oh, hello. I'm Simon Pegg, and I'm playing oh, like Phineas it. Nigellus Black. Phineas Black is, at this point in the story, he's the headmaster of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. We saw Phineas in the books and in the films. He was a portrait in, um, in Dumbledore's office, but yes. this is at a time when he was actually actively the headmaster. Phineas Nigellus Black is the least popular headmaster <laughs> in the history of Hogwarts. You are here to focus on your academic futures. He is... A sort of pompous, disinterested... You call that a shine on those boots? Do better! He's not a good teacher or, <laughs> or headmaster in any way. I think he would have taken on the role of headmaster because of the gig. You know, it's a prestigious position. I don't think he has any interest in children's education or, or being in any way a role model. It's not really his concern. What he wants is the kudos of being the headmaster of the greatest wizarding school in the world. I wonder almost daily why I accepted this appointment from the ministry. Yeah, he's just a bit of an <laughs> idiot, really. Has anyone seen my ivory-handled hand mirror? No, of course you haven't. He is Sirius Black, Black's great-great-grandfather, I think I'm right in saying that. So there's oh. got to be a little bit of something fun in him. I was going to say, he looks, the character looked a Sirius little bit like Sirius is not the product of the Black family, seemingly. He's very different, and fin Phineas Nigelis is like the opposite of Sirius Black. He's not noble, he's not brave, he's just a self-interested fool. Through the game, we come across Phineas as a sort of help and a hindrance to the players who are working their way through the game. Headmaster, I'm with a student and my schedule Your is... schedule will wait indefinitely, as will your student. He's entirely there to um, scupper the efforts of the player, I'm sure. I haven't time for any of you at the moment. None. None at all. Move aside. <laughs> The lessons I think the students and players will get from Phineas Nigellus Black is don't be like Phineas Nigellus Black. <laughs> he is not someone to aspire to. 
He is a um, self-involved, cantankerous, slightly childish figure, and I think be less like Phineas is the message of the, of the game. I said I'm sure you all have plenty to do before classes begin tomorrow. I'm extremely excited to be part of the Harry Potter universe. I watched all those movies and uh, always expected a role. Virtually every British actor, actor has been in the Wizarding World films, apart from me. And so to get the role of, particularly a black, one of the black family, that's, uh, that's a cool thing, because Sirius was always my favorite character in the books. So it feels really good. It feels like something's finally been put right. Okay, so for all of you that have not read the book. So Phineas Black, you first meet him actually in the Order of the Phoenix, where, uh, you know, the, the Order of the Phoenix is hiding out in the Black home. The room that Harry is staying by himself has the portrait of Phineas Black, where he, of course, Phineas can go between his Dumbledore's office portrait and Harry's room. And he's kind of there just almost critical of everything Harry does in that room. It's like, oh, yes, we know you're just a teenager and the whole world's against you. Just, he's always just mocking uh, throughout any time that he's over at the, the Black place. Uh, and as as was noted in this um this little uh, preview video, uh, Phineas Black is actually the one that sells the minister in that one. You have to admit, Dumbledore's got style. Uh, he's actually the one that yeah. uttered that. And then, of course, what was left out of the Deathly Hollows films was that when they go to Grimold Place, which is the black home estate that Harry inherits, uh, they grab the portrait off the wall and Hermione hides it in the bag because they don't want him reporting where they're at to Snape. Because they know that, oh, wait, Snape's in that office and Phineas could tell them anything because they think Snape is their enemy. They have no idea what's really going on. Uh, but they also try to use Phineas at one point to get some information when they're trying to locate uh, if um, the the cup that's in the vault, I believe, is the one that they're trying to they're trying to locate. You know, it's the sword. But they even do a thing where they they like they they end up putting like a blindfold type of thing on the painting. And when Phineas comes through and he's he finds himself blindfolded by Hermione, he's like, "You are just ruining a piece of art. What are you doing?" You know. So, what's what's so interesting uh, to me is that the personality of the who the painting is supposed to be comes across into the painting. That's mm -hmm. interesting to me. I, I find it very unique. Oh, yeah. So I, it's really having him as the headmaster at the time period of that is awesome. I was well, so excited to find love, that out. Not that you all can see this, but I love that even though it looks similar to the – I can't think of the actor's name now who's doing the voice. Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. Mm -hmm. It looks similar to Simon Pegg, but they also somehow have made it look a little bit like Gary Oldman. Yeah. I was they gave him the thinking, hair. <laughs> yeah, they gave him the hair, and they gave it just a little bit of, of the expressions. Yeah. I was like – that it's like a combination of Simon Pegg and, and we'll have to call him um, Gary Pegg. It, <laughs> yeah. It's got a Gary Pegg Pegman. Uh, Gary uh, Pegman. This uh, <laughs> Friday, brother. Fri of course, I got to work on Friday though too. When I'm get done with work though, Friday, you better believe. But then on, like uh, I mentioned, on the 11th, I got to go to a Valentine's thing and go hang hey, out with you're my gonna wife. Love it. And that's <sighs> only in the evening. So yeah. you're gonna love it. Hey, you're gonna. Spending time with your wife yeah. is a good thing. And she's a sweetheart. She yep. really is. So I'll have to take time out from playing. But that's also why during the course of this week, I'm trying to finish the backlog and I'm hoping to finish Cyberpunk. And if I do finish Cyberpunk, I'm going to go back and play Tunic uh, some more, uh, which I played a little. I forgot to mention I was playing that, but that's, that's a cute little game. Um, but anyways, I feel like I'm a little late to the game playing this one, but Mandalorian season three. Our people are scattered like stars in the galaxy. 
What are we? What do we stand for? Being a Mandalorian is not just learning about how to fight. You also have to know how to navigate the galaxy. That way, you'll never be lost. <laughs> Forgiven for my transgressions. May the force be with you. This is the way. There's something dangerous Yay. happening out there. And by the time it becomes big enough for you to act, it'll be too late. Hang on, kid. That, that little dude, Go-go. that little bitty guy. He, oh, yes. He was on those. Uh, the sequel. I loved ones. him. Mm-hmm. He was one of the things I really enjoyed about uh, some of those movies that came later on. Yeah. Episode, uh, whatever. He was, was only in the, the final episode with the little guys who I'm thinking you're thinking. The little tiny yeah. dude. Uh, yeah, he was fun. Yeah. The journeys of the Mandalorian through its Star Wars galaxy continue. Once a lone bounty hunter, Din Djarin, has reunited with Grogu. Meanwhile, the New Republic struggles to lead the galaxy away from its dark history. The Mandalorian will cross paths with old allies and make new enemies as he and Grogu continue their journey together. I think we're going to see some of the beginnings of the First Order, perhaps. Yeah, perhaps so. And I wonder if they're going to be able to acknowledge because he's going back to Mandalore, uh, which his his crime that he needs redemption for is simply removing his helmet. Because uh, if for anyone who didn't watch the Clone Wars, uh, you kind of put two and two together that uh, this Mandalorian group that he's a part of was known as Death Watch during the Clone Wars, and they were a real threat to the Jedi. They were not yeah. happy people. Uh, so it's kind of interesting seeing that uh, as a redemption. Uh, and now here's something that came out of left field, but you know what? Our buddy Sam Neill's in there. It's called oh. The Portable Door. This actually came out of Jim oh. Henson Productions. Yeah, I actually saw Ladies and gentlemen, a the picture. Board. I didn't see anything board. else. Uh, glad you found us. And what makes you think you'll be suited to this position? Coincidence? Really? Go on. Well. Oh, bloody alarm! And my shoelace broke. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> A dog stole my scarf. Hey, grab that dog! Here I am. Well, this has been a truly forgettable experience. Bloody hell. I can't jump! Ah. You will be working for the most innovative company in history. We control their gut instincts. We arrange coincidences. Is that what you do here? Make people fall in love? Oh, thank you so much. That's why she's in our fast track program, and you, Paul, are not. I've lost something immeasurably valuable. It's one of the most powerful and coveted items ever to exist. Found you. Oh, knock, knock. It's a door, portable door to be specific. 
You're not to share this with anyone. Can I trust you? So it goes wherever you want to go. This has just become the best job in the world. Come on! <laughs> the portable door. When you fail, there are no words to describe what Mr. Wells will do to you. If you do find it, this is who you come to. This company is at war with itself. We were able to influence this consumer. Imagine what we can do to the masses. I can find a way out, that's what I do. Knock, knock. Who closes the door keeps the door. Do you have any idea what they do here? What? Now, here's the thing here. All right, so it says in the description, the adventure begins. Two-time Academy Award winner Christopher Waltz and multi-Golden Globe nominee Sam Neill star in The Portable Door. Adapted from Tom Holt's popular seven-book fantasy series, here's the problem. The Portable Door is coming to Australian cinemas March 23rd. When the heck is it coming to America? It doesn't say. I want to watch this. This looks cool. And it's from Jim Henson's company, which I, I don't, you know, with some of the creatures that may appear in it, which we only see a little bit of one, which seems to be computer animated. I hope there's some classic puppeteering going on with some of the creatures, but I don't know. All right. I think that's the next link I have as a repeat thing. But so I don't know when this is coming to the United States. It's coming to Australia on March 23rd. Somebody in Australia, let us know how cool it is. Uh, I've never even heard of these books, but I'm hoping it's going to come here to the States pretty soon because that looked like fun. Yeah, it does. All right, here's something else that just looked kind of ridiculous and fun. It's coming to Netflix. It's called We Have a Ghost. Hmm. We're all here trying to get a fresh start. Nothing like bad happened here, right? You moved into the house of death. Everyone says it's haunted. No, 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 wait. don't go. I miss the nightmare. We have a ghost. Okay. No, I'm serious, Kevin. Caught him on camera. Oh, we gotta show mom. No, 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 no. <laughs> the entire world is captivated with Ernest. Three million views in six minutes. That's money. <laughs> Our whole street's kind of mad thanks to you guys. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Not funny. I'm Kevin. That's so trippy. Can you talk? What happened to you? You don't remember? <laughs> Mystery. If we're gonna find out what happened, it's out there. Orders to apprehend the ghost. Light him up! Yeah. Being an outlaw suits you. Is he here now? Ready to have some fun? 
February 24th, that's Anthony Mackie, the Falcon his own self, or Captain America, I guess I should say, yeah. uh, with, of course, the ghost being played. Uh, oh, I forgot his name uh, from Stranger Things. Well, but uh, finding, a, finding a ghost named Ernest, Ernest haunting their new home turns Kevin's family into an overnight social media sensation. But when Kevin and Ernest go rogue to investigate the mystery of Ernest's past, they become a target of the CIA. There you go. Ernest scared the stupid in this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is scaring stupid people instead. That's right. Uh, That's what I mean. Yeah. I'm going to probably go through and edit. There's a, there's a near close swear word, but I don't think it came through all the way, so I'm a little worried. I'm going to have to edit that. But that just looks fun. I'm kind of hoping instead of just a movie, it's a series, because I would love this to you know yeah, take some time and just have some fun with it. So, Oh, and speaking of movies that I'm super excited for, March 17th, we got a new trailer here for this. of this realm can do nothing to stop us. You are very menacing. I just want you to know that. A lot has changed in the last few years. The wizard gave me superpowers. And then everybody got superpowers. Started from the bottom, now we're here. All right, here's the situation. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. The daughters of Atlas are coming to hunt us. Children stole the power of the gods. You ripped it from our father's core. Okay, I feel like maybe I should be writing all this down. Give us the powers, child. Your world will not survive this. You want these powers? Come get them! Hey, Khaleesi! We have one job to do. Save the world. I don't know how we fight powers like this. I can't do this. Take my powers back. You gave them to me so you would take them back, right? I spent millennia searching for a worthy champion. You know exactly what must be done. What are you doing? I have to do this. We end this now. Yeah, we do. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Despite being the rap song being kind of annoying. Yeah, I know. It's really annoying. I was but say, that, that was a really obnoxious song, Shazam! Fury anyway. of the Gods! I am looking forward to that. Yes, I've been looking forward to this one since I saw the first. This is right now my favorite of the modern DC movies is these is, is, yeah, this Shazam. It. And this one that, looks great! Oh. And I enjoyed Wonder Woman, at least the first one. Yeah. And I enjoyed parts of the second one. But I'm really looking forward... I guess because those I just mentioned had nothing to do with Snyder's stuff. Right. As far as, as far as he didn't get involved. And this is not, I don't, not trying to put the guy down. It's just that in reality, I like that those films we just mentioned 
weren't so super dark and yeah. decadent and all that. And especially Shazam was really kind of lighthearted and fun. And I like that. Yeah. That's kind of what they. What, I like what he said a while ago. Uh, he said that these uh, films are kind of in their own little thing because yeah. they were. They're just kind of their own little thing. Just please let him fly Black Adam or something. Put Black Adam yes, in one of these. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's, it was a setup for it, and it, please let that happen. Yes, because I, I, I want to see. It. I want to see a Suzanne and Black Adam, and they can fight each other, but then they can team up and save the world, and by the end or something. That would be great. <laughs> you know, because the thing about uh, you can say what you want to about Black Adam, but The Rock is always has arrogant way about him. The yeah. character, I mean, yeah. and 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 even. I'm not saying the guy himself, Dwayne, necessarily is, but he's got a, at least a confidence about him. Yeah. And it would be perfect in the film to see Black Adam and, and Shazam fight and then kind of work together. That would be awesome. Yes, it will. That would be perfect. Oh, indeed. But, all right, we got to keep moving. So I'm going to hit this button. Oh, Want to see a movie? Yeah. Any good? It was bad? I'm fuzzy on the whole good, bad thing. My eyeballs could have been sucked from their sockets. I like it a lot. The best movie ever made. A, a fandom, fandom Nexus, Nexus movie review. All right, now this is a movie that's going to be difficult for you to see. It'll, I'm sure it'll be streaming soon. It was played for a limited run uh, just a weekend, but it did so well on the weekend. They did extend it up through February 1st for this film. It is... Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist. It is the uh, like a third attempt to adapt the, anti- the, the Left Behind series into films. Um, and this one, uh, the right now, I mean, if you go to the leftbehindmovie.com, you can see if, you, if your church wants to try to set up a viewing of this movie, you can set up, you know, something. I don't know what, you know, how they're dealing with the costs of doing this. But uh, this, you know, this is, yes, a faith-based film, and it's actually good. Uh, this was directed by Kevin Sorbo. It's not the first time he's directed a film. Uh, he plays oh. Rayford Steele. For those who might have read the book, should be familiar with that character. Uh, and as somebody myself who is very familiar with the story from the original books, I have the audio drama versions. I love them dearly. This, I mean, it was it was faithful to who the characters were, but it reimagined things like, well, what if it happened now? And so Buck Williams, the magazine journalist has become maybe one of those popular nighttime cable news guys, right? So, I mean, they uh, they updated everybody to make them fit with our modern age and even brought in a few modern things that have happened. And, like, they, they mentioned, like, one character uh, built his wealth or added to his wealth during COVID. You know, there's stuff like oh, that. They, they've modernized it to where you can see, like, this, the rapture and the Antichrist and stuff could start happening very much in that's, our time. That's really that's really good though. Yeah. That's a good wise way of doing it. It is, and uh, in the theaters, and I don't know if like when they stream it or they get it home, they even had a little message from Kevin Sorbo sharing the gospel and showing and, and sharing why uh, biblical prophecy is so important for a Christian. Amen. Now, those of you non Christians who are listening to us, uh, I'm still going to advise you go uh, leftbehind.com slash proof, and there's a lot of things to read, a lot of interesting stuff. There's stuff. There's Bible prophecy that has already come true, and it is kind of very undeniable. We're not talking Nostradamus where it's willy nilly kind of close. Something like this might kind of happen. It is right. here. It is wham bam. It happened, and there's still yeah. stuff yet to come. Uh, but I, I enjoyed this. This, I mean, this held my intention the whole time. It's uh, right. and they took their time. It's 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 slow paced, but it's paced just about right to tell the story. I want to see that. That's it is good. Uh, I, I 
Phil, buddy, we need to see if we can get a screening at the church. Yeah, I would love and to invite that'd the community. Great. It was, a, it well, was yeah, I could, good. I could, I could invite a couple other churches, but that'd be great. Yeah, to do. If, if we need to combine with some of the churches and find, make sure we can screen it and hold enough people. Uh, it was wow. It was it was powerful. It was powerful. Uh, I really I like enjoyed it. it. If you get a chance to view this film, I do recommend it, even if you're a non-Christian, because they will. Uh, I think they address things and give you a good look, because basically all these characters at the beginning, they're all non-Christians. They're all what we would call left behind post-rapture. And so yeah. they're looking at a world. It's, it's This one takes place like six months after. You're looking at a world where a good chunk of population just suddenly vanish. And yeah. they don't seem to have an explanation, but you can see the power players of the world trying to give a false explanation where at the same time bringing the Antichrist to power, which if you're not familiar with who the Antichrist is, and, and as far as in this story, I don't want to reveal it because they try to keep it a surprise. So if I hadn't been through those stories in the books, I wouldn't know that, well, there's the guy. There he is. Because yeah. he won't show up until late in the film. But they kind of leave it up to like you wouldn't maybe know who he was until he steps in, in his I position. Uh, I definitely want to see that. Mm -hmm. Here's what my question, just just for the folks who, who don't believe or whatever, just watch it with the the mindset of uh, if you already think that it's a fairy tale, talking about those who don't believe in the Lord, if you already think it's a fairy tale or it's make believe or whatever, then what do you have to lose? <laughs> right. Watch it like you would any other film. Yeah. Because I, I watch movies not thinking it's going. Oh, this is real. So you have nothing to lose yeah. when you watch it if, if you're not a believer. So th that's how I see it. Just yeah. watch it as as you would any other film. And uh, and there you go. There you go. All righty. Yeah. Now, I wish I had a button for main content. I still don't have a sounder for that. Mm -hmm. But here it will play right here. Come on in. We're nightmares on the best part of my day. Okay, so the, how this topic came around, I was watching, uh, there's a guy, Paul Joseph Watson, I believe I got, I hope I got his name right. Uh, I tend to watch, he's this British guy, but he kind of looks at the world. He does kind of his own journalism type of thing. But he uh, was commenting and he showed another video that was made. It was a man on the street in Britain. And they asked women and men, mainly, you know, a lot of women, they asked, well, what are women good for? And the women would quickly say everything. Then they would ask those same women, well, what are men good for? And they'd kind of look around like, I don't know. And they would even ask men, what are men good for? I don't know. And he, Paul, uh, Paul points out, we are lacking, like uh, in the modern day, good masculine male heroes to show what men are supposed to be. And right now, men, the suicide rate among men's, men, white men and boys, young boys, has skyrocketed because they don't yeah. feel that their life has meaning or purpose. They don't know what their purpose is. And women think they just can do everything, which is false. You are a, a, right. a balance to us. You are wonderfully, wonderfully made and created, very, Amen. very much That's so. Right. But you can't do everything. And that puts way yeah. too much pressure on girls because they feel like they're supposed to be able to do everything. And, and when they find out they can't, they're, 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 they're going to feel like, oh, I'm failing, I'm failing. But part of what the problem is, we haven't had any good, you know, we go out a lot of families without fathers. We have men who think they're, it's like their job to just go sleep with as many women and spread their seed everywhere. There are cultures that are yeah. doing that. And then they're not a father to the children that they have. And so that gives you, of course, your rise of abortion, your, your rise to kids who, and men who do not know how to behave like men. And they do horrible things and because they don't have role models anymore. We've lost it. But I wanted to look at this from a fun way because we will look at what biblical masculinity, what are men good for? 
Well, well, they'll tell you. And I, to make this fun, I wanted to go through and some of the men from like in the 80s or whatever that we grew up with, and Philip will probably add to my list here, uh, that taught us what it was like to be a man. Because right now, every male hero, even the superheroes, they're kind of making buffoons of them. And so men yeah. are like, oh, we're buffoons. Well, and, and, you know, not everybody gets to have that good father figure in their, in their life that kind of shows them That's what right. it's like, what it means to be a man and how we are like... And, and, and feminism doesn't like us to be in our roles of the we're we're kind of the, the protectors. We defend our family. That is what we do. I mean, mama bear is going to go up and, and do stuff, but she's not. But they, she shouldn't have to mama bear to protect the family. She should be able to stand with her husband and not have to do it on her own. And unfortunately, without the fathers, women are having to bear the brunt and step up and they feel like they have to. And that's, you know, but I don't want to get on all the bad things. I, I want to talk about what 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 we learned from some of our heroes, and I've only got a few of them in here, and I, I think Philip's going to end up thinking of more as we go along, but I think I've chosen a few that are probably both of us are going to relate to. But I want to yeah. start with Superman, and we were talking about this earlier today, but, I mean, we learned Superman, Christopher Reeve days, nobility, honesty, he never lied, meekness, and meekness mm-hmm. is not weakness. Meekness is, I have That's the right. power. This is Superman. He could have conquered the whole world. But didn't. But he didn't. He chose, he cared. He loved people enough to protect them. But he had also humility. He didn't walk around prideful of being Superman. He was smiling, basically. He'd he'd give that charming (laughs) smile to us at the end of the movie, just like, hey, you know. And meekness is one of those Christ like. uh, I was going to say, Clark Kent is. There's the humility, bro. Yes. There's that disguise. I mean, that's one of the the, the problems that we have where. This is sound awful. It's true. One thing about the eighties and seventies and all that stuff was, a lot of the young people we grew up with had this idea that you have to be able to take on the world and be this macho. And mm-hmm. uh, they misunderstood. They misunderstood the content. They misunderstood the Marlboro Man. They misunderstood all that. That's not true masculinity. Right. That's that. That's the the uh, Halloween mask. The true masculinity is how many women you can uh, put the notch on your belt. It's not yeah, that at all. Or on your bed it's not a, That's what. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's not about how many cigarettes you have and uh, have a stinky breath. It's not about how much you drink and all that junk. Uh-uh. It's not about that at all because a real man isn't about uh, what's on the outside, what's on the inside. Yeah. Uh, Heart. That's the truth. Character. That's, that's it. That's and, exactly right. And I want to lean on meekness because that was Christ. Amen. He was meek. He was mild, but he was God on this earth. He could have come down off that cross and just killed everybody there, but that's not what he came to do. He came and let himself be crucified because he loved us. And that's, that's men, that love that we have. And what I've, I've heard it even pointed out, if you look through the Bible, we are, men are commanded to love. Women don't have to be commanded to love. They do it naturally. But men, we are that's commanded right. to love. But when we love, we can really show that Christ-like quality. We women protect have, what we are, love. It, what they, what, okay, we know it's part of the Trinity, but uh, the Holy Spirit is the mild, guiding light. And the women, if if you want to say the, the Holy Spirit is the feminine side, and I don't mean that literally, but is that loving, kind, mm-hmm. sweet, honest, and patient side, that's what women have, most women. Now, some women decide not to use it. Yeah. But for the most part, that's what women have. And, and I've been called a wimp most of my life because I, I have, I'm not saying I always use it, but I have that gentle side and I've been called a wimp, unmanly and all these things. Oh, well, 
You know, I would rather have that kindness and meekness than not. Yeah. And that's the thing, women. Uh, this is when you ask somebody when they were a kid, when you got hurt, who did you run to? Did you run to daddy? Mm. No, you ran to mom because mom right. knew how to care and nurture you. It was come that's naturally. Right. Women, Nourish. don't don't that's fight right. who God made you to be. It's in there. Yeah. It comes so naturally for you to love and to care. Do not let that tip be taken away from you. But dads had that protection. Right. We would. We and would that's. That's the thing is mom would uh, would protect in that way to where she would be there to, you know, hold you and comfort you. Dad Mm -hmm. is supposed to be the one that gets in between that family and the danger and take the brunt on himself, which is what Jesus demonstrated for us. He took sin upon himself. And that's That's right. He stood between us and hell. That is he's showing exactly what the father, what the men is supposed to be. We're supposed to stand between and protect. And the mother's going to make sure that you're comforted and cared for when you do have to go through some stuff. No one loves you like your mom. That's why we celebrate Mom's Day so much because mom took care of us. But I try to. I always try to make a big deal about Mother's Day, but I always even I'm talking about a church. Right. I I try to make a big deal about Father's Day, too, because I feel like they sometimes get the shaft so to speak, mm, yeah. as far as that goes. And I try not to let that happen, but mamas kind of need, I don't mean this going to sound sexist. I don't mean it to sound that way. I think mamas sometimes emotionally need the uh, pat on the back a little more, but fathers also need to be reminded that we didn't forget you. Right. And that we love you because even though you're not going to be getting the roses, you need to be uh, risen up and, and uh, lifted up so that you are aware that you're not forgotten. Mm-hmm. And the line right. we lifted out of Superman we were discussing this morning is something in the in the original 79 movie that uh, mm. Jonathan Kent says, we know one thing for certain, that you are here on this earth for a for reason. For a reason. That's right. That is, and that is, I, there's a lot of quote stuff I think I can grab out of some of these that we learn or stuff. Like, and you, no matter who, man and woman, you are here for a reason. That's right. That's right. And, uh, and it doesn't have to be grandiose. You don't have to be like, I'm going to be the president. No. What you do, even in, amongst your family or amongst your friends, amongst your community, the little things you do, even if a group of five people you do something, matters. That's right. You are here for real. I was telling this mm-hmm. to a guy at church today, and I was quoting that, and I even told him that I quoted from the movie, and, um, that you're here for a reason. God knows what it is. There are our reasons to be obedient to the Lord, mm-hmm. but uh, God has reasons for us that we can't even begin to. Because fa- if you go on what you're telling yourself is that, that I'm no good, I'm nothing, I'm nothing. Nah, listen, I do what through Christ, all things mm-hmm. through. I do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians four thirteen. Not that I can do it, but through Christ I can do it. it's God's. So just remember that Philippians four yeah. thirteen. So you said Superman. Who's the next? Next on the list. Next? All right. Okay. Superman was an obvious one for you. This uh, next one's obvious yes. for me. Spider-Man. We all yeah. know the quote about with great power becomes great responsibility. But what I always have liked mm. about that and where that has struck me, that's the parable of the talents. Mm. You have talents. Now, of course, in the Bible, his talents was like money. Um, mm. But I like the fact that it's talents. Like you have, even if you don't feel like you have them, you do have things that you can do. And it is your responsibility to use those and and, right. and and some sort of service to God, to to people. It is your responsibility to use the gifts, the abilities that God has given you. And if you have a hard time figuring out what you're good at, pray, 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 pray. 
And you know what? You it's, It could be that you're looking for the wrong things. It could be you've been, you know, maybe you're just that person that everybody de- can depend on. Which that could be it. given, much is required. Yeah. The the more, th- yeah, because if, if you have a hard time finding, well, I don't, you know, I don't have athletic ability. I don't have these abilities. Well, if maybe if you had that ability, you would be more would be required of you. But maybe your ability is that everybody can depend upon you or, uh, you know, your your ability to care, your ability to love, your ability, you know, the things that you don't think are really a big deal are probably a huge deal to somebody else. Yeah, I was going to say that that just because I may not have the, for instance, my, my friend Jeremy here, there's things that he can do with the computers and other things. I I can't do it. I've tried. I I doesn't mean I shouldn't try, because at least I can try them and just I don't just throw it away and say no, I'm not even going to try it. No. But there's certain things I can do that Jeremy can't do. And you know what's, mm-hmm. what's great about that is we can complete one another in a team. And yep. uh, my, my other friend, he can jump in. And my other friends, we can, we're like the A team. We complete <laughs> each other in a team. We, we make all make a complete whole uh, together. And that's okay because the Lord helped with that. Yeah. And, and, and he put us together for a reason. Yeah. You are here for a reason. That's exactly There right. you go. Yeah. We're going back to Superman. But Spider-Man, you do have a power that is yours. Uh, there's a, another podcast I've mentioned before, The Real Brian Show. A Real Brian. But they, they, they're, one of their things I like to do is unleash your inner superhero. And it's like when you just do, do something that is part of just who you are, you are unleashing your superhero. You have that. You have a power. Maybe you just don't recognize it. But it is your, your responsibility to do it. If you got something to share, you share it. You know, and, if, and even if it's just as simple that you are the guy at work that smiles and says good morning, that is your superpower, man. You'd have mm-hmm. no idea the impact you may be having. But that's that's another good thing. Lessons for manhood. But I've I've always you know Spider Man. That's that's like the biggest thing. What when I, when that line when I first read that I was like oh my goodness. So next on our list, He Man. Now, yes. now, okay, granted, all right, you, you, there can be violent versions of He-Man. We've seen that. But the way he was presented in that animated series back in the yeah, 80s, original. I mean, you're talking, you know, he's, of course, he's got his weapons. He's got great strength. But, you know, he always looked for the a nonviolent solution. The yeah. The morality yeah. that He-Man had, and they would even teach you a little thing at the end, uh, the, the importance of friendship and courage and caring about people. There was so much that He-Man, that series taught us, and that He-Man looked up to, uh, but he was always looking to protect. And, of course, he was he was trying to capture Skeletor, and even sometimes trying to find a way for to redeem Skeletor. That happened a couple times, too. But, you know, he, he wasn't trying to go for violent solutions. He always looked for a nonviolent solution. You, you could see it. And he would maybe like, oh, we got to deal with this monster. Let me, if I can just, you know, tie, it's a two-headed monster. Maybe I can tie their heads in a knot and then get them to, they'll, they'll stop. Or he'll get them trapped, trap them somewhere like, okay, there you go. I didn't have to hurt this monster, but I've trapped it. So now it's not, it's not coming out and we'll there harm you go, anyone again. Head. Yeah. And yeah, he would always have good one-liners too. But He-Man yeah. always, he didn't go, he'd solve every problem with his fists. I also loved how some of the lessons they have in there. It was like, it's not good to hurt the animal, he'd say to, to the villain or something. Yeah. He always had that voice like that. Yes. But that's not very nice. That's something that also gets lost because we see it a lot of times. We feel like we have to be action heroes and we have to solve problems with our fists. He-Man, who is the most capable, like Superman, to, to mm. solve a problem with his fist, he didn't. That's he right. found other ways to to solve the, and save the day and protect people. And, you know, that's the thing. Not everything has to be solved with a fist. Now, there are times 
that uh, unfortunately you're going to have to, you, you might have a violent confrontation that you might have to deal with because you have to protect from something horrible and you may have to get in there. So what helps you out sometimes is your prayers, your vitamins. But you know what? You got to work hard and you don't give up. And we learned that from Hulk Hogan. Let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he always, you know, it, it was it was kind of a gimmicky thing to say, say your prayers, take your vitamins and, and exercise. And, you know, take care of the, you know, now granted, we're not the greatest examples of taking good care of ourselves, but it, it was working hard. He worked hard to be, you know, that was now whatever, you know, you might feel about some of the things outside of it. But the character of Hulk Hogan yeah. is what we learned from not so much Terry Bollier, but. Hulk Hogan, yeah. the character, how what he represented, he stood up for what he believed in. He did not back down from that. Uh, he he was loyal to his friends, but he would always talk about the prayers, vitamins, and take and especially the prayers. But he did not quit. He yeah. did not go give up when the the chips were down. He you know stuck in there and he'd stick by his friends. That mm-hmm. that is that is good manhood. And he protected his friends. And uh, right. sometimes it actually backfired. Like uh, one time he was trying to protect Elizabeth, and it and it went bad. They started the rivalry with him and Macho Man, and a big unique oh, thing. But and it, and it broke his heart. But you know when it's time to it's time to be a man. I can't let it slide. There are times that you like you you are going to probably have to step up. But that doesn't mean it has to be violent. But there's time that you when you're going to have to stand between uh, the people you care about in danger. Uh, vitamins, prayers, and working hard, man. That's Hulk Hogan. That's right. Exercise. That's right. Mm-hmm. And the next one, Rocky. Now, goodness, there's oh, so many lessons yeah. we learned from Rocky. Heart I and determination. Rocky. And one mm-hmm. thing I kind of noticed when I was thinking about Rocky, love made him stronger. Oh yeah. Because like space would come around like by Rocky too. Well, yes. even even looking at the first Rocky, he he's talking to Adrian. Says, "You know, what? I just want to go to the distance." And part of what what it gave that him was something great. was having Adrian there with him. But in the second one, you notice he's just struggling with it in depression, and she's not with him. But when she goes and she's she's in the hospital, and she says, "Do something for me, win," it ter- yes. boom, hit him up, lit him up, and he's going to win that championship. That, Women have a power about him, and heck yeah, if they they're do. with you. You're all the way. If they're against you. Your heart is broken, and you're—I I mean, I, I, oh, it just mm-hmm. tears you up. Yeah, I—I love Rocky. I love yeah. him so much, and he's—he's he's just so awesome. And then I love—I've uh, said it a million times, I'm sure, but Rocky Balboa is my second favorite of the films. His first favorite—I love Rocky three too, but still, Rocky and uh, the first one and Rocky Balboa are my favorites. And I love whenever he says, "It's not how hard you can hit; it's how hard you get hit, hit, hit. and keep moving, forward. keep moving forward. How much you can take." And keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Nothing so hits powerful. harder than life. That's right. Mm-hmm. And oh man, you're gonna make me want to watch them here in a moment. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, these just these movies. And but yeah, the thing about heart and determination, and uh, it just oh, man, you have to be determined to keep moving forward. You just have to. I, I, I love the tiger. Movie. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So he was asking me about other characters, masculine in characters, uh, heroic people that brought in the biblical. It's, this is going to sound silly, probably. There's a few of them I can think of. I mean, I was thinking of Chuck Norris and all these mm. other people, and, who is a good Christian man. Yeah. And uh, and other types of people. I think about all of them. I was thinking of Arnold Schwarzenegger. He, you know, he's played co- so many Conan. He's played so many great. He scared me silly when I, he played Terminator and all that. <laughs> but but I'm just thinking about them as people. Chuck Norris and and Arnold Schwarzenegger. They and and uh, Stallone. These guys have had that way about them in, throughout the 80s that they had that almost heroic, masculine way. Because you think of the 80s in action, you think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, you think of Stallone, you think of Chuck Norris, you think of those guys. Uh, but one of the characters I think of often, at least in my childhood, was Popeye. Mm, yeah. And, 
And uh, as a as a Christian, I I've often have used him as an example of uh, where Popeye would be feel down and out, and he'd take the spinach and go eating on it. And I'm I've been that way many times. Where I feel like I can't go on, and I'm feel I'm being attacked by the enemy, meaning Satan, uh, and the things of the world. Suddenly, I take out my spinach, the Word of God. I eat on it, and suddenly power uh, comes upon me. And uh, and yet nothing's going to stop me now. <laughs> yeah, and that's wow. one of the things that's great about Popeye. Even like the Robin Williams movie, I like the "I Am What I Am" song. There's yeah. so much where it's like you know, I the, just the honesty, the integrity of Popeye. He says, I know what's right and I know what's wrong, and I will stand up for what is right and yeah. fight against what is wrong. He, oh. he says, uh, "Yes, wrong." Yeah, he said, "Uh." Wrong is wrong, even if wrong, it helps even you. Even if it does it good. Yes, yeah. right. Even if it helps you. I love exactly. that. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and he'll, he'll never I, hurt nobody is, and he'll never may, tell a lie. It may seem like it's doing you good, but it's not. It Keep ain't. Down. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you ch- if you choose the quick and easy path, dark to there the dark you side you go. So, mm-hmm. I, it, it, The other thing I was going to say about you talking about heroes and stuff, this is going to sound dumb, but some of the people I think of, we, we, you know, we were talking about the 80s, some of the people I think of being heroes are the straight uh, staying at home dads, but not not staying at home as in uh, staying at home all day, but just regular dads. I was thinking of Michael, uh, I almost said Michael Keaton. I'm going to say, um, uh, what was his name? Michael Gross, who played uh, mm, on Family Mr. Ties. Keaton. Yeah. Yeah. What What was the name of the father on that show? I can't remember, but Keaton uh, yeah. was his. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I can't think of his first name. Oh, uh, I almost had it for a second there. Uh, uh, oh. There's Alex P. Keaton, and then no, there was yeah, um, Alex was was Michael J. Fox. Yeah, and then uh, I can't think of his name right now. Elise was the mom, mm-hmm. and anyway, whatever his name was, uh, whenever he was, he was a, an actual in a way heroic because he would try to keep his head up and be happy. And I remember on one episode, um, there was a woman who tried to get her him to leave with her and be with her. He worked with her, and. I'll tell you who it was. It was the same actress who later on be on uh, Who's the Boss. Hmm. Uh, but he was attracted to her, but he didn't because he said, no, uh, I'm a married man, and I love my family. I love him. And he stayed with his family. And, he, and you know, I remember I thought, that's a hero. Yeah. That's a good man who knows what's right, and he does it. Mm-hmm. And, that is and good. I know I'm saying that because there's a lot of people right now you seem to think, you know, we're talking about all these heroic supermen, but no, you don't have to have muscle because your muscle, your biggest muscle is your heart. Oh, yeah. And that's what you need to remember. It doesn't matter if you look like Schwarzenegger because God knows you're much stronger than all these others. Mm-hmm. Especially when the, you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you, when you got Amen. God power behind you. And like I said, the love of God with you, the love of your wife or of a good woman with you, you are, that, that is your power, man, is having God, if you And if you're staying straight and doing what God wants you to do, He is always going to direct your path. Amen. And you will be, Amen. you will have all the strength you need to do what you need to do. But I, I, I love that we did mention, you know, that the love of a good woman. That's why women, you are you are far more important than when 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 like the major cause of feminists tries to pull you out of the quote unquote traditional old fashioned roles of women. It's like you have no idea how much power that woman 
wouldn't have Amen. in those traditional roles because of the love they have for their family and the, the way that they care for their family, the, how that empowers her husband to take care of the family as well and to do what he needs to do. Because so, we need you, women. We need you because you Amen. are very good for us. And you know what? We are good for you, but we need to make sure we are there. Amen. And we need to make sure you're there, young man, you know, teach your sons. What is what what does a biblical man look like? Because that is the one that's going to stick up for his family, going to stay with his family, going to love his family, provide for his family, protect his family, and show his sons what it is what God does and, for us. And I accidentally, not even intentionally, just brought something into this, which was completely accidental, by mentioning the woman who played Angela on that show, Who's the mm-hmm. Boss. The question becomes like that show kind of played off this. Of who's the boss? Was it Tony or Angela? Well, in reality, it, first of all, they were not together till the end of the show. Right. When they got married. But people often ask that who's the boss, the husband or the wife? Well, in reality, the boss is God. Amen. It's supposed to be God. And in the Bible, when it talks about the man being in charge, well, what it meant was that the man was supposed to lead the family as a wife walked with him as they together mm-hmm. followed God. And that's what it means to be equally yoked. Yeah. They yep. have to follow God together. Christ was our example as men of how to be the, the lead of family. And what did Christ do? Sacrificed himself. There you go. And when you're willing to do that for your wife, in some ways make sacrifices, your wife will gracefully submit because she trusts and respects and believes yeah. in you. And exactly. what, that's and, what it and, means. And what, mm-hmm, that is exactly it. You are Who's willing to lay down God. God. God and he taught us how to do it. Yeah. Yes. That's right. So that is hopefully lessons. I didn't even mean to take it there, but that's, but that's where you're it went. right, though. You're totally right. Yeah, that's right. Which, when you're being a pastor, you better be right about a lot of stuff. <laughs> and then, well, there you it's because it's not because because it's not me who's right, but exactly. he's within me. Exactly. Yeah. So, but this is this is a show that I felt just uh, that broke my heart to hear people. Amen. What are men good for? Nothing. And at the same time, yeah. thinking women are supposed to be capable of everything. No, women should, don't, should not need to feel that they have to be able to do everything. They should have a good man with them as part of that family yeah. union that they together we are stronger. Now, you if you choose to be single all your life, that's fine too. You know, yeah, that's fine. Uh, but Paul, Paul talks this way, right? Yeah. But we are so great together, and we are an example. The, uh, the marriage of the bride and groom, goodness sakes, this is referenced uh, so much between God's relationship with his church. It is, the, it is like the prime example of how this is supposed to work. We are much better together than we are apart as, right. long as, we are, uh, as long as we accept the role that God designed us for. And as long as you don't fight against what God made you to do, you're going to have a much happier life. And I'm saying this as a guy who's been married coming up on uh, 20 years in about uh, three Praise more months. The Lord. So and there's people have been going longer than I have, and because I, I try be to, I, I'm not perfect, but I try my best to <laughs> to to be what Heather needs me to be because she's she's exactly what I need her to be. She really is. Yeah, she's she's, she's fantastic. She's wonderful. She's so wonderful. She I just really hope is. I'm I'm doing good. <laughs> you know. So, You're but that's good, buddy. that is that is it. I try to do my best and everything, but I'm a weirdo. I can't help it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Hey, well, you are who you are. I am what I am, and she loves you. Yeah, that's a good thing. Don't know why, but she does. But uh, that's a good place to wrap this up. I might even split this into two episodes. It didn't release two of them this week because we this went on for two hours. 
But we want to make sure we thank Karen Kennedy, Ricky Pope of Christian yes. Nerds Unite, and Darren Wilhite of the Wilhite and Wall Show for helping me out with the intro to this show. Uh, remember, of course, well, I guess y'all already know by now we're at Red Circle, but you can also go to NeverlandPodcast.com where you can also find a link for my podcast reviews. If you happen to have a podcast, click in there. For a small fee, you can actually get all your reviews from around the world actually just sent to your email. And it makes a convenient way for you to leave us a review, which please do. We are, of course, to have an email address, podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Tell us who your heroes were, who taught you how to be a, an awesome man or even an awesome woman. There are some great will, heroes for women out there as well, you know. Uh, so Twitter, yeah, uh, NeverlandPCast, Facebook.com, find Neverland Podcast. We have both a group and a fan page for you to like. And the most important thing, really, uh, patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast, where you can help donate to keeping this show going. Because uh, uh, it's it's a struggle to keep it going. I've got it. I think I've paid up through the year for at least uh, for Red Circle, but I still have to have the uh, my Adobe. You know, there's a lot of costs that I that I incur to keep making this show because I love presenting it to you, and especially here lately. I mean, the show has changed course, and now we're you know we're teaching them good morality and good stuff like we did today. Uh, I like doing that because I feel like Stephen we might be making Keaton. a difference. Stephen, Stephen Keaton. Keaton. There you go. Stephen there you Keaton. go. Sorry, Stephen Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. But uh, so I love what we're doing, and if you love what we're doing, please share with others the show. And we hope you're having some fun with us because that's kind of the goal: uh, is just get together and have fun and enjoy stuff and come out away with something to think of and something to make us all a little better and a little stronger. Uh, so make sure you go. Do- and if you donate through Patreon, you're going to get an RSS leak that means you don't have those annoying ads jumping up and and uh, interrupting the show. So, yes, please do. But uh, until then, uh, until we see each other again, get lost. In an adventure. Okay, he jumped again. I was trying to give him a <laughs> countdown. Uh, you stole my thunder. I, I stole your thunder. And I thunder, enjoyed thunder, it, Thunder, 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 stole. <laughs> <laughs>